Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Congratulations. Your morning just got a bit classier. A media legend, a ferocious linebacker, a clueless producer, and you. Searching for a replacement window online? Visit windownation.com today. So raise a glass and act accordingly. This is Bishop and Laurenitis. Oh, let's do it live on a football Friday edition of the program. How you living, threes? Uh, what a beautiful morning, man. I'm great. You kidding me? I'm you great. You kidding me? What, what do are want? we doing? What do you want, Ohio? Unbelievable. How about this? Unbelievable. It's, no- it's November? Okay. Whatever you We're say. Be, you and I, you know us. We're going to be complaining like crazy at the end of January, February. Not so much those months, but really March. March and March and early April are going to suck the life out of us. I'll be complaining in January and February if we don't have some nice powder on the ground. Yeah, if that It's helps. like last year where it's just, yeah. just sloshy and no powder. I mean, I want a good dumping. There's no school days anymore anyway. Those are a thing of the past. Like, we're going to, like... Our, I mean, our, no when our kids days? grow up, like they're they're gonna be like they're gonna look up and they're gonna be like snow days. You guys had snow days, <laughs> lame. Wait, 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 wait. You guys wait, didn't wait, have Zoom. What are you what are you talking about? Why is there no snow days, bro? They have Zoom. There's no snow days anymore for kids. Everyone's Come just gonna on. go online. Snow days are a thing of the past. It's over. No. There's no snow. Di- no. no, there's absolutely. We what do you think they're society. gonna do? No we live in a society. What it shows the kids get the day off. What are we doing? Nope, not anymore. <laughs> What are you talking about? We, oh, had, we said a whole sad. a whole year and a half of Zoom. Oh, we're going to be Zooming until the twenty one no. school year. Boo! So, yeah, no. You think they're actually going to do a snow day anymore? Come on, there's not. Oh, a that's so sad. Think what about did it. it. Mean to our you kids are going to laugh to us. It's like our parents saying, "Oh, we can walk that's uphill right. both ways." Yeah, sure you did. Right? You believed them until you figured out not. it's impossible. Oh man. That is tough. The pure joy of waking up on a and and for us it was usually I mean, oftentimes it was snow and cold, but yeah. uh, waking up on a on a middle of February deg- thirty degrees below zero air temp day and going you know what probably not going to run the buses today kids yeah uh, because the diesel will freeze and yeah. so that was that was the end of that those no and the pure joy of going oh my god I'm free. Buddy, I had had one snow day in middle school, and I had one fog delay. That's it. You want to know why? Well, we're rolling. We're rolling, all right? If we got to put damn skis on on these buses, we're getting you to school, okay? There's a pride thing here. We had a nice little delay in school for, uh, there was a moose in the parking lot. Very rare, (laughs) but there was a moose (laughs) in the parking lot. Principal came over. Hey, there's a moose in the back parking lot, and we have a massive high Uh school. I think I've sent you a screenshot before of it. We have, I mean, it's four floors. It's 16 gymnasiums, two separate weight rooms, one for football and the big sports, the other one for, like, the dance team. Uh, We have, like, our own gymnastics gym. Anyway, yeah, it really is. Um, I told you, it's like combining, like, instead of having multiple Hilliard schools, combine them all into one. And imagine the size of what it would take for one high school to field all those kids that would be technically Hilliard or all technically Dublin. Oh, yeah. Um, all of Dublin in one. Or all of Ontangy in, one, in one, right? So that's kind yeah. of the – anyway, but um, I'll never forget that, like looking out of the fourth floor window and being like, oh, gosh, yeah, there is. 
Yeah, there is. What is she moves. doing down here? They are not to be here. trifled with. No, what is they she are, doing down here? They are not to be messed with. They will smoke you. Yes. A moose will smoke you. They are not in Very the best rare. mood. Yeah, no, that they're is. not. That is not no, and, and it's terrifying that they can run like 20-something miles per hour or whatever. People I mean. have no idea how fast they are. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, when I was in Montana, they, they said they said that the the most terrified our fly fishermen have been. I was like, have you ever seen bears out here, you know, by the stream and all that? He goes, no, but I was out here at this area, and a moose was coming at me, and that thing just stalked yep. me. It stalked me. It could have caught me yep. if it wanted, um, but it was just like jogging at a pace to where it was within about 15 20 yards yeah and it was just right there and it had like an idea of like uh, you know what i'm saving you i could end you right now but i'm just i'm trying to get you the hell away from my territory that's right yeah, yeah. actually the thing that is the most fearful to be fear out there is the mountain lion because they're like ninjas oh, gosh they're ninjas the do you the even have time to fear it or is it on you and you're no. done it's on and you're done. It's a snap neck. You don't even know it hit you. The the grizzlies are they're pretty loud. I mean, it's rare that you can that you stumble across them. I mean, they kind of keep to themselves and they don't hunt. I mean, grizzlies, you know, by nature, unless they get into cows, and then they'll they'd like to do that a little. I gotta bit. send it's you a post. A One of Shelley's best friends, um, dad lives out like best friend from high school lives out in the uh, in the west. I want to say he's in Utah mm-hmm. though, and not Montana. But anyway. He always posts on his Instagram just, you know, random nights. Oh, here's some elk. Here's a moose. You know, like random stuff. Yeah. He's golfing, and there's two mountain lions on the fairway just staring nope. at him, like nope. jogging. And I'm nope. like, why is he that close and not terrified? I'm like, no. this is not a zoo. This is not a – these are no. not pets. Anyway. These are not pets. No. Well, I'm going to send it to you a, when I get it. That's aggressive. I, I mean, know. I've seen bighorn on the golf course, and I've seen, obviously deer and elk and all of that, but I've never seen a mountain lion. No, Gosh. A, Just passing through. Level. Don't worry about it. It was two well, of them. wasn't even one these, solo. Like, what are we doing? They keep putting these um, these golf courses. There's, I was looking at the golf uh, rankings, the top 100. I was looking at the courses out west, top 50 courses out west, and there were three from Montana in the top 50. And one of them is in a place called Eureka, Montana, which is far northwest. It's about an hour northwest of Whitefish. Um, so if you look on a map, and people, some people know what Whitefish is all about, it's about an hour northwest. There's nothing there, man. And they put in a, like this elite resort there. I don't even know where you fly into to get there. I oh, mean, there's like no Yellowstone. Airport. They just created I mean, their own. They put it in Dutton's Ranch. Is what they did. They just well, put the airport. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be that. Well, honestly, there's a lot of truth to that. There will be a fight. I mean, there's gonna. I don't know how you get there. Uh, but the. But my God, this is the wilderness. No wonder the mountain lions on the fairway. Like you're in my home, dude. You're trying to yep. hit a ball around. I've been living here for a hundred years. What are you talking about? Hundred years, <laughs> thousand. Um, all right, we have a, a football Friday for you. You've got this is fun. Uh, both the both the NFL teams are off this week. In the state, you have uh, Ohio High School at the regional final level. Uh, across the state. So you have that going on tonight from the Ohio High School Association, which has been a lot of fun to watch. Um, and then you have a game tomorrow with the Buckeyes in Jersey. When are you going? The Buckeyes are here. What? Yeah. Is this the game is not in Piscataway? No, it's a home game. When you are said you it kidding? the other day on the no, when you <laughs> said it on the interview, time? I've been thinking it was. At I know when you said it to the Rutgers guy on Wednesday, I was like, well, maybe we maybe both just. Games, no it's a home night game. game. It's so our I first didn't... home night game, home night conference I, I... night game in November since oh Nebraska. Oh my god, that's amazing. Like years what ago. a poor job out of me. So because there's no ga- people, yes. I don't even really look at where the games are. And the only I real know. gauge I have is where you're going. Yeah. So you're I'm going just here. To <laughs> Maryland I'm a home game. Next week. Home you're game here. and then this at Maryland. Yeah. 
It's this is it's one of the big casualties of this. Is that it, it really is. doesn't matter where you I'm with play. you. It really doesn't matter because there's no you're home field. You're playing in front of nobody and you're playing with it, you lose so much without the fans. And we it's talked to Shiano yesterday. How about Shiano uh his family is still here. His daughter's a senior at Columbus Academy. So, he still has his house here. Well, he liked it a lot, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I you know that after what happened to him at Tennessee, which is an absolute ridiculous turn of events, um, and really had a mob, how a mob mentality was able to push yeah. a bunch of misinformation and almost to the point where, well, no, not almost. It cost a man his job. Yeah. I mean, it was just ridiculous what happened to him at Tennessee. And I think they'd have been better off with him at Tennessee. I think he could have recruited better down there. I think he would have yep. built a better program than Pruitt's built to this point. That being said, that's a whole other story. He, he obviously liked it here a, lot, a great deal. This is a great town. He, Kids like the schools. Yeah, I mean it was. He said something to me yesterday. I asked him. I said, "How?" I said, "You know, impressions, impressions of Ryan Day. Did you know he'd be this kind of all that stuff?" And he said, "You know, every coach that he goes, I plan to be a head coach again." And every coach basically hinted at Tennessee, you know, Mm -hmm. and said every coach has a list of guys that you know they would want to be on their staff. He's like, and I'd identified Ryan a couple years earlier, and then when Urban hired him, I, I was thrilled. Uh, because I had a lot of buddies who worked with him in the NFL that said this guy is is the real deal, um, yeah. and it's more than just X's and O's. He said, you know, it's about how do you handle coaches, how do you handle the players, how do you have a real sense for your team, all that. And he goes, and the three games that he filled in for Herbs, he was he was unbelievable. And I asked him because I said, you know, Ryan credits you and says he's forever in debt to you for certain things he asked during that time and all that, and. Uh, so he's going through this this whole deal, and uh, I just thought it was it was one thing that he said on the call yesterday, which was unbelievable. And, and we all have mixed feelings about Shiano and the way that he coached the defense and all that, right? But he said something that I think was a a subtle shot at other coaches because you know the coaches that have said this. But he goes, "I can't stand when you take over when coaches take over a new job and they say, oh, give me three years till I get my guys in here.'" He goes, "I hate it." Yeah. He goes, if you stayed and you went through the stuff we went through this fall, he goes, and especially with COVID and all that, but you went through like the culture change that we're going through and, and the tough love that I've instituted. And he talked about how big Brendan White has been in, in instituting how we practice culture, all that. Yeah. He goes, but if you stayed, you're my guy. There's no waiting and there's no excuses. Like I can't stand and I thought instantly I could think of multiple coaches in the Big Ten who have gotten new jobs and have been like, oh, wait till I get my guy. There's no my guys. If you're a good coach, you'll coach. You know what your talent is, but you'll coach your guys. They're your guys. And I was like, I love it. I love it. Yeah, Urban did that in that 12 season. Um, you now it took a lot of tough love in that off season to get it turned around, uh, but he did. And then, I mean, you look at the way the way he feels about John Simon or Zach Bourne and those kids who were there, um, and the embrace that he has for those kids. I mean, that that happens quickly, and the good ones are aware of that. And I do think Shiano. Whatever people think about about what he did here in terms of what the defenses look like here, the dude is a program builder. Uh, he is a recruiter. He is he is he is certainly equipped to be a CEO. And if, if you doubt that, just go look at what he did the first time at Rutgers and the job that to be able to pull that thing. You when you were showing me nine top twenty five wins in their history mm. against ranked teams, and the majority yeah. came during his tenure. The vast yeah. majority what was it six of them. Came during his time, something like that. Yeah. So you, you think about that. They have nothing before him, and they've had nothing after him. So he is their football history by himself, and now trying to have some sort of a build here. 
And I think you and I kind of see it similarly, similarly in terms of what Rutgers can be, what the ceiling is. And it's really, you know, third, fourth best team in the Big Ten East. Yep. Bowl game. Get to yep. get to six, seven wins. Every once in a while, win eight. Every once in a while, knock off Michigan or Penn State, something like that. Beat Maryland consistently. At least win most of the time against Maryland. Try to win 30, 40% of the time into Michigan State. I mean, that's the way I view it. I don't know it can be anything more than that. Yep. Yep. And this this program is a reach. I think the the unique thing after talking to him and, and really talking to people that are on his staff, like almost everyone there is a Jersey guy from that area. You'd have to be, wouldn't you? Wouldn't and, you yep, have to be? Yep. And for instance, Who's their the old coordinator. Coach? Their old coordinator is Sean Gleason, right? Mm-hmm. He was an old coordinator at Princeton, and that's when he got on uh, Shiano's radar. He's a Jersey guy. He was O coordinator last year under Gundy at Oklahoma State, where their offense is top ten in the country. And when Shiano goes, I called him and I thought to myself, I'm not sure I'm able to get this kid back to New Jersey area because, you know, he just had a great year at Oklahoma State. Um, he just moved his family there. You know, Chuba Hubbard, ton of talent, right? And he goes, but he's a Jersey guy, and there's something about Jersey guys; they just love being home. And yeah. he goes, so I was able to get him to move back after one year at Oklahoma. I'm like, I'm like, you think about that from a career trajectory, all that, right? right? And it's something about those, like, for instance, the the interim coach Nunzio Campanelli. You That's know, um, he's still there as tight ends coach. Like those guys, they his philosophy is he wants to be able to recruit. Basically, he said, if we have to leave New Jersey or the surrounding states to go get talent, it's because we have to. It's not a want thing. Like he wants his whole thing to be. Jersey boys and everybody else outside of that, like if we have to go to Florida or go to Ty somewhere else, it's because those Jersey boys chose elsewhere. That's the only reason why I want. I mean, it is a, it's, it's an identity. That's what it is. It's an identity. It's a state school for them, and it's an identity. It's a blueprint. It is an identity, and there is a, a path for success there. And if you build upon it over ten years, fifteen years, you can have sustained success. It just hasn't been done, and I don't know if anybody other than him could do it. To be quite honest. I think he might be he might be one of one who could have that type of, of success there because he has the credibility in the state and as you mentioned his staff. That being said, it's going to be an ugly Saturday night for him at the shoe. Uh, I can't believe. I mean, I honestly don't even look at where we play these games anymore. That's how crazy this has gotten. Absolutely nuts. Uh, we will get into the matchup. We will have Doug and Tim on as we always do on a football Friday. You had a a Thursday nighter last night where the 49ers showed some heart, but Aaron Rodgers showed about all else that you needed, plus COVID running wild in the sports world. All sorts of things going on on that front from cancellations and so forth. Get you updated on all that. Get you set for the Buckeyes and the Scarlet Knights as well, off and running here on a football Friday. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Buckeyes, jackets, hard-hitting talk, and Rothman saving dogs. You know, just a typical day at a sports radio station. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Meet or on the rocks. Just act accordingly. Starts with a glass of bourbon, then goes to, oh, first blood's on. I think I'll watch this again. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. And brought to you by our great friends at Window Nation. If you're in need of search replacement windows, I couldn't recommend recommend them enough. 866-90-NATION, windownation.com. They will take care of you the way that they take care of us. Uh, you watched a little Thursday night football last night? Right, I Packers watched a quarter. I watched a quarter. And I was like, <laughs> it's a beautiful uniform matchup, isn't it? It really isn't is. Isn't that just it beautiful? Is. It just screams yeah. history. Yeah. Screams, uh, you know, the, basically when I think, like if you want to think of a matchup that just screams National Football League, 
It's it's Packers Niners. It's Cowboys Steelers. Yep. Um, you know, both gosh, played this week. It's Niners. You know, it's Niners Cowboys. Right. At least for me, growing up, that's what it was. Is because those teams were always, I mean, legit. Really seemed like whatever team Deion Sanders went to was going to get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> that's what it felt like. Well, the NFC. The yep. NFC at that time, you know, slightly before you, it was a rotation. I mean, if you think about the NFC East between the the Redskins, the Giants, and the Cowboys, all of the Super Bowls won from the you know the, the mid '80s on through. Giants won two, Redskins won three, Cowboys won three. Uh, you think about the the job that, uh, in, in, and then you throw the Forty Nine ers. These NFC powerhouses were just. They were so good, and the NFC at that time was just incredible. Um, and and it, the the league has evened out in the last twenty years. It's evened out a lot, and to where the balance of power, frankly, has been more in the AFC with uh, Manning and Brady, and and certainly even Roethlisberger over the last twenty years. The quarterbacks are the key of it. And then you saw one great, a great one last night in Aaron Rodgers. This was one when we did the scores yesterday. And I'm going. I don't understand seven and a half. Right. I mean, the 49ers are playing with nobody. Yeah. And the number actually went down. It was seven and a half when you and I called it. By the middle of the afternoon, it was seven. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a second. The 49ers don't have any players. How are, how are they? I mean, I like Kyle. I think he's incredible. Right. But I'm, I'm to believe that, that that's enough to overcome... Rodgers? And you could hear Buckingham trying to sell that, right? They're trying to sell how great oh, they Kyle really is. Were they're, selling Kyle, they're yeah. trying to sell like oh he loves these challenges of playing, you know, under band. Yeah. And I'm like, they're trying <laughs> no, to sell doesn't. they're trying to sell eyeballs to stay on this game, that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. I mean it's yeah, the biggest it challenge was... when you're doing when you're doing a game that you know, like at least for us, and really for them too. You know that Green Bay has a massive following. So no matter what in Green Bay, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. they are people are sitting at home and they are and Packers Nation is big. They are going to sit and watch that football game. So they'll have good ratings. Um, because the Packers, like we used to laugh whenever the Pro Bowl voting came out, whenever the fan voting comes out, almost every single Packer is atop the NFC. And then it gets yeah. weighted out by the players and the coaches. But like a third of it goes to the to the fans. Well, if you let up to all the fans, you'd have nothing but Packers. Nothing but Packers in the in the Pro Bowl. Because they're going to vote all their guys up just from fandom, um, all their starters anyway. So, when, like in the same way, like when we try to sell the game, right? Like we have to think of in the open, how do we sell this football game to the crowd that's watching, um, and how do we keep Ohio State fans essentially around in the second half? And you you sell basically, you're going to get a peek at the future. Hopefully, right. you get a peek at the efficiency of this offense, right? Um, can you look at any historical things that are that are awesome? I mean, one of the things that I'm telling them is I the things that we talked about earlier in the week, like with Garrett and Olave both having over 100 yards at back to back weeks, first time that's been done at at Ohio State. Um, they're on pace to get over a thousand yards without the college football playoff. Yeah. So they've already played two one opponent that was supposed to be our toughest test. I'm going to assume they're not going to go over 100 each game, but one of them is going to get a thousand yards. There's only been five cats to do it in our history. I'm like, we got to show that. Because it's yeah. remarkable, um, we got to show you know the future. It, are we going to see Steel Chambers, who people are excited to see, and are like, well, why didn't he get more more attention at Penn State? Well, I'm sure, I'm assuming he'll get attention, right? Uh, we haven't yeah. seen Julian Fleming a whole lot. Will we see uh, Scott? Will we see Mookie Cooper? Will we see you know all these guys that you've seen in recruiting? Who are we going to see late in the game? That what, who's the first quarterback in? You know that those are those are the answers. That's that huge. Have. If they're still watching, these are, that's what. These are yeah. big. 
Yeah, there's no spring. You you have this is the beauty if you're Buck and Aikman calling Packers 49ers, and it's a beauty that you have tomorrow calling Buckeyes and and Rutgers is that the fan the Buckeye fans are going anywhere. Now no. they, you may peak because isn't Clemson Notre Dame a night game too? Yeah, so you'll peak. flip over. Yep, you'll flip over and you'll catch a little of that. You know, if once once our game gets a little bit out of control, but people want to see the, the answer to the question you just asked: Who's the first quarterback in? Right. Do, is there a running back down the roster? Do we can we see more of Julian Fleming? Right. Let's see a little bit more of him. Can we see Jamison Williams unlocked a little bit? These are things that people are going to want to see. They're going to see the young linebackers. They're going to see the young secondary. All of these things will keep people on it. And so that's the incredible benefit of if you're doing a Packers game or you're doing a Buckeye game is those things will be the case. A um, couple of things to update you on just from the standpoint of, of the COVID protocols and where we're standing and what's canceled, what's not. Washington Cal is canceled. Uh, they say postponed. I don't understand how it's not canceled. They don't have an empty week. Right, right? The, no. they're playing every week, so it's, no. I don't understand any. And scenario now, is that off of be. one test? I saw. I think I saw Clat tweet on it that it was based off of one positive test Cal has, but due to their local okay. regulations, that shut everything down. If that's the case, then the schools in the state of California should no not chance. be involved. They have no, and chance. they have no chance because that's impossible. The, the disease is, I mean, the the virus is is spreading like wildfire. So there's no chance you're going to play if you, every time a kid gets a test, you're done. You you got no chance in the state of California. They're going to play two games. Yeah. Um, what what's interesting though too, Army Air Force is postponed. Um, also, the Navy game is postponed. And this is the reason I bring these up is for the people who are out there who say, "Well, you're not doing your due diligence. That's why you got COVID." Army, Air Force, Navy. Okay? Yep. There's nobody more doing their diligence. There's nobody more disciplined than them, and it's happening there. So yep. there's, if you, there's no shame in getting this thing. No. You didn't do anything wrong. Okay? My guess is that they're doing as much right as can be done right at right. Army, Air Force, and Navy, and right. they've had to cancel games. Um, Minnesota's defensive coordinator is out, and as you know, Wisconsin-Purdue is postponed. This is the well. this is the tweet from Joel Klatt, so it's 14 hours ago. I can't imagine how frustrated these players are tonight to have this happen. One positive test, asymptomatic, has derailed the game. Local health regulations are 100% to blame for this. Essentially, in Berkeley, because one kid got it, the whole position group was ordered to quarantine, so none were available to play in the game, the whole position group. That's their local that's reg- hard. health regulations. Then they have no chance. Then you, you have, have no chance. chance. You have no chance. If that's yeah. if that's how it's going to be, it's just you have no chance. Now, I don't know if that's California. Um, I don't know if that's just Berkeley. I don't know if that's that county. I, I have no idea. But it doesn't seem like the Pac-12 is going to have a lot of a lot of success if that's the no. if that's the case anyway. No, and certainly none of the the schools in California will have no chance. There's four of them, so yep. there there there's no way that you can keep it out of out of a hundred kids. Right. I mean, there's no right. way. Um, coming up next, in What's Up, this Buckeye offense versus the Rutgers defense. We've touched on a little bit of it. You'll hear from Coach Day as well in terms of what he's looking for from his team. That's coming up next. Bishop and Lauren, I just right here on The Fan. If only we had a live and local morning show. Oh, wait, we do. Morning juice with Beamer, Carpenter, and Schlegs. Weekdays starting at 6. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. It's Bishop and Laurenitis's What's Up. What's up, man? What's up with you? All right, here's what's up on a football Friday. Buckeyes offense versus the Rutgers defense. That is the matchup we are going to focus on right now. Before we get into that specifically, though, here was Ryan Day uh, yesterday speaking of Shiano's impact at Rutgers already being felt. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the team, you know, that first game, they beat Michigan State pretty soundly. So that's, you know, significant right off the bat. And then 
when you watch them on both sides of the ball, they're playing hard. Uh, he's brought in some different uh, talent in there, and uh, they're playing, you know, with with some energy. They're they're playing tough, playing smart. So you can already see the impact that that he and his staff are having. So, you know, even this week, I mean, we we got to make sure that we're on top of our game. You know, th- th- this team would want nothing more than come in and you know get this game into the fourth quarter. So. Uh, we got to do a great job recognizing, you know, the challenge that they provide on, in all three phases, and and playing, you know, the fast as fast as we possibly can. Pretty illuminating, right there. They would like nothing more than to get this game into the fourth quarter, and and I think if you're Shiano, that's what you hope. And the best, cha- not even that, really. Hope you hope you get there in the third quarter. You hope that this thing's competitive at half, and you can give a good speech at half, and come out with a what what you hope is a fighting chance in the second half. I mean, that's just the difference in the disparity of the two teams. And in order to do so, you are going to have to slow down what we do offensively. But threes, the problem there is what they do defensively ought to fit right into our hands. Yeah, yeah, it does. They, they they do a lot of man. They um they still have the. the Greg's not going to change his scheme, you know, wholeheartedly. Now, what they have is when you look at their their front seven, their best player on the D line, I think anyway, is is their D tackle Julius Turner, and he's an undersized guy that's disruptive in the sense where he just uses that size, you know, as far as to try to be really quick on the interior. Um, can he do that against our All-American guard, Wyatt Davis? I, I doubt it, right? Against Josh Myers, I doubt it. Um, I think they're looking at that matchup, and they're they're excited. They have linebackers who play, you know, I think, to be honest, I think they're very disciplined. Um, and probably that's their strength. I think the two linebackers to, to Brendan White are probably their strength um, of the defense. Outside, their corners have played a whole lot, but... They've, they're not going to see two wideouts like this. So it's going to be a struggle for Rutgers defense. So how did they beat Michigan State? They forced seven turnovers, um, a lot of those fumbles, some of them sack fumbles, and they had a really short field. Um, I think they're, they started a bunch of their drives in Michigan State territory where against Indiana their starting position was on their own 31. That's the difference. They weren't able to drive down the field. So if they're going to have a chance to beat in this game, I would say in the second quarter, Bo, it's going to have to be you know, defensively punching the football out. They, they're going to – look, every coach when they play Ohio State says we cannot have explosive plays, right? We cannot allow the 20-plus plays, all that. That sounds great in the meeting room. It's extremely difficult to execute because as you look at them, they don't have a guy that is really an, an elite pass rusher. They don't have a guy that can get after the quarterback, someone you have to worry about. So if you're not getting pressure on Justin, then how you're, how's your secondary going to hold up when you're out, you know – basically outmanned it's a whole lot to, to be concerned about when you're greg Schiano, and they understand that um and the only way you try to flip it is you know okay we gave up an explosive play but as we rallied to the ball we punched it out right or something like mm-hmm. that to where you're like you can feel that there's no way that we're gonna be able to keep up but because we've turned the ball over a couple times we're able to you know kind of stay in this thing that i don't see it happening but that's kind of god that's, that's what they're preaching they're preaching takeaways no explosives, you know, keep chopping. That's their whole philosophy over there is just keep chopping. And that's what he's been proud of. Look, he said whether it was Michigan State, whether it was Indiana, he's like nothing's worse than when you're a coach and a game's going a certain way and you have to almost beg your guys to jog off the field or run off the field, right? That's that like yeah. that feeling that they're you kind of that deflated. Feeling, yeah. It's tough. And he said that we haven't had that. You know, we didn't have that against Indiana. They kept – Sprinting off the field, they love playing the game of football. They keep chopping. 
he goes, that's, that's what we want to see, you know, Saturday, that, that the guys aren't just totally deflated. The, um, and, and with that being said, it is, this is the team that they are playing, the Buckeyes. If you think about it, everything they do is so deflating. Yes. You think about, you think about that run from Garrett Wilson to start the game last week. And yep. you went, God, it's over. <laughs> yep. It's over. It's three plays and you score and you're like, my God, it's same thing with this is such a quick strike offense. And it can hit you in, in a lot of different ways. At this point, there's, I don't know that there's anybody in the run game other than Justin who could take it 60 yards on the ground. I, we haven't seen that yet. Maybe that happens as the season goes along. Well, Master Ken, I, I was reminded as I was studying that Master had that 70 yard touchdown run against Northwestern last year. It just has to set up, it has to set up nicely, right? It has to be Rutgers is a man and there's no middle field safety and boom, he hits the hole untouched and now he's out, right? Do you, you think even after the injury, he still has that? I don't know. I don't know. To be honest, I don't know. Feels like maybe um, next year that comes. I don't know. Yeah, it just feels like, like he doesn't year. quite have the explosion. He looked better week two than week one. Yes, um, yeah. as far as the burst. But, but you're right. Shiano like compared this, buddy, and you're exactly right. He compared it to the Miami teams of old, where he says you can be thinking you're fighting in a game down ten, and next thing you know, you blink. It's it's a turnover. It's a punt. It's all three phases, and they just put twenty one up on you in, in a minute yeah. and a half, and you're like, what the heck happened? He goes, that's yeah. what it is. It's it's you. It's one of those things where you you go out on. So you you remember this? You played the NCAA football game. There's the yeah. a, the play where this there's you can, you can run it in two variations. You can either run it with a slot or you run it with you can run it with the running back. Where the it's it's basically it, it's an out and up for yeah. from either of those positions, and you just know it's there always. Like it almost yeah. doesn't matter what what level you're playing on. What, but certainly when you're playing the teams that can't hang, they just can't cover that route. It's a, just a flaw in the game. It's just there yeah. over and over. That's how I feel when this team takes the field against teams like this, and frankly, many in the Big Ten. It's like it's almost a video game aspect of it. It's like, okay, well, why not first play the game? Why don't we just see if any of these guys can run as fast as Alave and Wilson? Right. And let's just see. I don't think they can. Justin, why don't you just throw a 45 yards down the field let him run under it? I mean, right. that's the way that I approach these type of games. It's not the way you'd want to, but it, they are so explosive, so talented, and a quarterback who is so accurate and can do everything, if you're Rutgers, you can be in it. I think about Nebraska. Scott Frost and his team, you think about what they did for the majority of that first half. They did everything right, everything right, and they're in it. Right, or as much as you can be. Yeah. What? Two bet? Turnover? Miss two miss two calls that go against them? Just stupid penalties? And all of a sudden, it's over at half. Yep. And you go, wait, what happened, man? We play. We executed our game plan. We had explosive plays in the run game. We had. We were playing pretty good defensively. Yep. Mistake here. Mistake. Two miss. Three mistakes. It's over. It's done. It's gone. Yep. See you next week. You're down 21. Yep. You go, what, what the hell just happened here? Yep. And what that's what happens happened. when you play this. That's that's what, that's what how good this team is, and that's that's the problem for these Big Ten teams. Uh, for perspective, we will head out and talk to our good buddy, Doug LaMaurice, as we do every single football Friday. That is coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Head to 971thefan.com to listen on demand and subscribe to all our podcasts. Wasting time has never been easier. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Their favorite sport is berating their producer. You just sat there for 10 minutes. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. On a football Friday, we head out on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems fan guest hotline. Our good buddy, Doug Maurice, Cleveland.com, who we talk to every week at this time and look forward to greatly. Uh, Doug, you've had to had to cover 
you know, quite a few of these types of games. Rutgers has been in this league a long. Let's go big picture on Rutgers first. They've been in this league a long time now. Um, I I thought it was was a mistake at the time. Said it as much at the time. Um, they're here now. We got to deal with it. Shiano is 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 he the only guy who can build something there? And what is at the very ceiling? What exactly is that something? I think the ceiling is the fourth best team in the East. You know, that Michigan State kind of level. Not super good Michigan State. Not like D'Antonio when he was rolling 10 wins a season Michigan State. But, but you know, not Michigan, not Penn State, not Ohio State. But can you win? Can you win your non-conference games? And can you win six or seven games and get to a bowl and once every 10 years knock out one of the big boys? I think that's the ceiling. But, like, Maryland's trying to get to that ceiling, too. And Indiana's trying to get to that ceiling. And I think everybody wants to be maybe that that fourth best team in the East and they can't all be it. Um, but you know, I guess, I guess that's a goal. I don't, I don't know how long it'll take them to maybe get there though. Doug, how, how will you judge success tomorrow night? I think that's one of the hardest things for Ryan day is how is he going to know his team is taking that incremental step to getting better, right? You saw it from Nebraska to Penn state, how they improved. How are you going to view it with the talent, uh, discrepancy between the two clubs? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I, Offensively, I don't know. I mean, not with the passing game. I think the passing game we know about now. You know, I don't know what Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and Justin Fields can really show us. I'm not sure what the offensive line can show us because the offensive line played well against Penn State. I think the run game, um, you'd like to see Master Teague sort of replicate what he get, did against Penn State, maybe Trey Sermon pick it up a little bit. So I think you can find out something from the running backs. And then the defense, I think, yeah, can learn a little something. Um, increased pass rush from the defensive ends. How's the secondary look? Do they feel connected? So I think you can learn a little bit from the from the secondary, but I think a lot of it is what you learn the most in a game like this is from the backups. When the guys get in, you know, how do some of the young receivers look if they get to play? How do the backup quarterbacks look if they get to play? How's Paris Johnson look if he gets to play? Stuff like that that sometimes we'll learn more in the second half maybe when the backups are in than we will in the first half. Doug, if you were Ryan Day, how would you handle this next four or five games? Uh, from the standpoint of, I, I do think that he has, there's some obligation. I mean, his kids came back. I mean, kids who didn't need to, like Justin and, and Wyatt Davis and, and Sean. I mean, those guys, didn't, they were going to be first-round picks, or Justin's going to be the second quarterback off the board. He didn't need to come back. He's on Good Morning America, fight for his season. Like, there's he's a Heisman guy. Like, there's obligation to get him his stats, isn't it? Even if you don't want to acknowledge it. In the meantime, you also didn't have a spring, so you didn't even know who your backup quarterback is. How do you balance this if you're Ryan Day? Yeah, uh, these discussions are so hard, but I do believe in that, that it's one of those things people say when they want to take out the starters, take them out when you know you're going to win. I say, well, you you could put Justin in a bubble for a month. You don't need Justin Fields to win the next four games. If you're going by when, when is the game in hand? The game's hand is in hand now. So, but football's fun. I mean, James, football's fun. Playing a game is fun. So you got to let the guys do what they're here to do. So I think it's a hard balance. I like letting Justin play late in the games. I mean, the debate all the time of like, why is he in the fourth quarter? It's like he's in because he's a football player. and It's fun to play football. And that's yeah. why he's here. I think this might be the exception, the one exception. It's the closest to a non-conference game this year. It's at home. There aren't travel restrictions. I think maybe tomorrow is the one game where their guys are out earliest of the whole year. But in general, I'm in favor of letting your dudes play because that's why they're here. Doug, I'm going to give you a few areas in the team. Secondary depth I think will be interesting. 
How about the backup quarterback? Who comes in first? Is it Jack again? Is it CJ? Are those the two areas that you're looking for in a game that what you expect to be one-sided? Is that the Because for me, I think the biggest story, and obviously calling the game, you're trying to think, how do you keep Buckeye fans interested? It's, okay, well, who's next at QB, right? And is he on the roster? Um, or, or who is going to help replace Cam Brown in the back end and, and that rotation that was already thin? Who's going to step up? Are, are those the two main things you think of? Yeah, I think I think they probably are. Probably the other one is we were talking a lot on our podcast this week. Like I think Julian Fleming got one snap against Penn State. Yeah, and yep. maybe that that's a guy looking for a little run. You know, sometimes it's hard to be a five star and you come in and you want to play. I'm curious if maybe they give Julian Fleming some time to show what he can do and feel good about himself. But I do think replacing Cam Brown's a big deal. He had a role in the nickel defense. Does that mean you leave Marcus Williamson on the field even more now in that slot role? Does it mean Tyreek Johnson has a role? Does it mean somebody like, I don't know, Ronnie Hickman or Josh Proctors or somebody else who fills a role? Because that's a role you're looking to fill, sort of that that extra DB on that third down look. So that's an actual role. And then it's a psychological thing with the backup quarterback, at least in our heads, is we're trying to analyze. You think Ryan's trying to keep it balanced. So if Jack Miller came in last time, now you assume it'll be C.J. Stroud's turn this time. But if it's Jack Miller again, it feels like, well, does that, does that tell us something? So I think just how the decision there with Ryan is so interesting. And then when they are in, how do they look? But watching Ryan try to balance this at quarterback is the most interesting thing. I would expect it would be C.J. Stroud if he's trying to keep it even. Doug, big picture one for me. We've seen uh, we've seen Ohio State play Penn State, and to me, I felt like it was over after the first drive. Felt like we knew at that point, okay, that they're they're just not on the level, and 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 that's the way that the game ended up playing out. I've seen Michigan play twice; uh, they lose to Michigan State at home. Uh, these are the most credible candidates to be a threat, and it seems that the gulf between this program and those is bigger now than it's been at any time that I've covered this program. You've covered it longer than I have. Do you feel that way to you? Yes. I think there's a yes, but with Penn State. I think with Michigan, yes. I don't know how you get away from that. I think with Michigan, it's yes. With Penn State, they were missing their two best guys. Like, you put Micah Parsons on that field. You put Journey Brown on that field. I don't. It doesn't mean Penn State wins. I don't think you necessarily feel the gulf the same way. You know, if and when Penn State, can Penn State ever really, really get a guy? You know, give Graham Mertz to Penn State and see what happens. Like, they have to get an elite, elite quarterback, and then what could happen? So, I don't I don't know. I think there's still something that Penn State still, down the line, still has a chance to hang with Ohio State sometimes. Michigan, I wonder about it. I really do. And the hard thing about this season, the way it's playing out is, I thought the team that all of a sudden looked like maybe had any chance to run with Ohio State was Graham Mertz in Wisconsin, and they played one game, and then their season exploded. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, certainly certainly nobody's catching them, but, but can Wisconsin and Penn State hang? Maybe still in the best of circumstances. Yeah, and now with just having to play the six games to get to the Big Ten title game, it's likely Wisconsin won't have a chance to be there. So, so that's, that's the other part of it. That's the other part of it as well. Great talking to you, Doug, as always, my friend. Appreciate you. All right, fellas, have a good one. He's our great buddy, Doug Limerice, calling in on the Brian Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline, cleveland.com. He is one of the best big thinkers. And it, it's it's under more of a microscope this week because of we're playing Rutgers and coming off of what happened at Michigan. Um, that's why this starts. And the fact that we've already beaten Penn State. And so you look around, you go, okay, who's out there? 
There's nothing to point to. That's that's the that's the tricky just, thing. I, I don't know what the big picture the big picture is going to be up north when they lose to Indiana this weekend. <sighs> I, yeah, I I mean I think it's I think he's no, no don't pay attention to the scores here. I don't know anything about Michigan. I no, no idea. But just look at the body language of the guy. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like a man who's done, who's defeated. Yeah. And there's already these rumblings about the Houston Texans and getting back to the NFL. Maybe he says, you know what? I, 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 when I got to control my own guys and I got to try to compete with them for players, I don't have it. And that's a tough thing yep. to admit. Uh, but it would be a stunning thing if he were to leave there without a win over Ohio State. That would be a stunning, like, almost like if he somehow pulled an upset this year, that would be the perfect time to walk away. If somehow we could <laughs> right. pull that off. You know, like just, all yeah. right, I did. All right, all right. see you later. Leave on a high I'm note. Out. I'm out. All right, we will get back to the college football at 1020. Coming up next, we'll take a look at the NFL at the midway point heading into week nine. Hand out some awards, see how we did from our preseason prognostications. Go around the Big Ten at 1020, around college football at 1030. Big game in South Bend between Clemson and Notre Dame. And, of course, in an 11 o'clock hour, all Buckeyes all the time. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Asian. If you say something with confidence, then you can't be wrong. I, just, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know. This is Bishop and Morinitis. Second hour here on a football Friday. Uh, boy, the other thing that you, uh, real quick here, imagine being Chris Holtman. So they're supposed to play in South Dakota. Yeah. And now can't. I mean... I just feel for that's due all to the of these and that's people, due to the, the the positivity rate in South Dakota. In South Dakota, because as it's a state the players that we now have to have everywhere. a quarantine. But it's okay. But my pay grade. I know. No, I know. It's tough. It's it's just really stinks. Honestly, it's really tough to try to do this. And I, I saw the news, and you think about the wide ranging impact of all this. The news yesterday at Clemson, uh, where they shut down men's track and field in the in the South, in the ACC. I mean that's a monster, but that these are the casualties of this. They they were always going to be there, yeah. um, and 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 you're starting to see them across across college football where the you know the dollars just aren't adding up. Uh, we talked just about some of the incredible hits that the NBA and NHL are going to take. I mean, How those about are the billionaire NBA? owners. December twenty second. Look, I, like I laid this out for you guys yesterday, and basically me parroting what Bill Simmons said. But listen, there was you're talking about a half half of your revenue gone. Yes. From ten billion to four and a half, projected ten to four and a half. Like, listen, we got to get back on track. That's, That's the thing. Is that the players can complain about you know sitting out all that stuff, right? But when it comes down to, hold on, I signed a deal to make thirty million a year, and you're telling me I'm gonna make fifteen? Oh no! Right. Hey, we got let's float. Hey, I don't care how sore I am. Let's let's revote this well, thing in. Right, because I mean, you're gonna you got to get back to making the the thirty as quick to. as possible, and the only you way that to. happens is with the fans in a year. Yep. So that's that's just that's where it is. I mean, just yep. punting on next season. It's a pretty and from a fan standpoint. That's that's where you're at. All right, I don't, let's go why, why the don't NFL. they let real quick? Why don't they let individual states do it? Like if you're the Cleveland Cavaliers and you feel like you know we can let eight thousand in. Not that it covers it, but does that change it? Does that help you a little more than maybe it did? Well, I think versus, they will. Hey, Golden State, guess what? You can't do anything because you're in California. Sorry. I think they will. I mean, the NFL's done that. I mean, yeah, the NFL. Did, you know, there's twelve thousand, which surprised me to be honest, but. But I'm glad they did. It's, it did surprise me that they didn't have one general flat rule for everybody, but I think the NFL kind of realized, look, guys, we're in a pandemic. We're trying to save as much as we can for these franchises. Let's just, let's just one year. 
I don't think there's any doubt the NBA will do that. I think the NHL will do that. I think if if the if the Blue Jackets can say to Mike DeWine, hey, wait, and this is what the NFL teams had to do. Yep. Go to Mike DeWine and say, here's a way where we can have this many people in this stadium and keep them apart. And if this is this is how we're doing it, though we're masks all the time. Now it's outdoor versus indoor. I get it, but nevertheless, this is how you do it. And maybe that number for maybe that number for the Blue Jackets is five thousand. I mean, it might be it might be five thousand people. That could be it. Um, yeah. But fine, that's better than nothing. I mean, you take it uh, at that point. You take you take whatever you can get. Um, all right, let's do some NFL awards at the midway point. Bodie, I should have given you a heads up on this, but uh, if you can, find me one of the uh, little traveling music from the NFL. It can be either the NFL Films or the uh, Primetime, either one. Oh, what a job out of you. Let's start with the team that surprised you the most. I feel like the this is Bo's like this this personal iPad or iPod. This is not. I think it is, too. You know, this isn't even part I also of the radio. Think he's he better than I think chops, he just listens to NFL. Show. Oh well, yeah, I mean, I should, uh, gosh. clearly. Yeah, I mean, where do you even stop with the the reasons that he's better? Right. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. Ooh, status report in. Here we go. Who's unavailable? Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry, Jerry just sent the status report. Um, team who surprised the most, huh? Yep. I'm going to go. I thought about doing it like who negatively surprised me with how bad they are, but I thought, you know what? I can't. The sun's out. I'm getting some natural vitamin yep. D today. It's going to be good. near 70 in November in Ohio. That's let's, right. let's appreciate it. So positively, where else is it sunny a whole lot, Bo? Where else is it sunshine, dry? The guy has a beautiful oh, house. It is. I'm going to go Paradise with the Cardinals. Valley. Not the fact that they're going to be flirting with the playoffs. No, as you look, they're second. In the NFC yep. West, they're the team Beat that's 5-2. And, and you're saying to yourself, oh, 5-2 are the Cardinals. All right. Okay. So they're the team that has surprised me because I thought they'd be good, and I thought they'd be flirting, to be honest, as the fourth NFC West team. This is before the 49ers got decimated by injuries, but I thought that they would be the fourth team and be like, gosh, could all four teams make it? No, no, they're second. They're second right now. And with the Rams, I'm not... I'm more put it this way. I'm more confident in the Cardinals when I go to make a pick on an NFL Sunday than I am with the LA Rams. Yeah, that's a fair one. One I would add is Miami at four and three, um, and I would say that if, if they didn't have the, what I believe is an obligation to play Tua to find out what he is in case they have to draft another quarterback, they can deny it all they want. That's oh, what you heard clearly. Flores, is to me. that's not the case. I did. They're not seeing what you know he what is. else though. What I else, the other thing I saw is I saw Ryan Fitzpatrick playing at a top five quarterback in the league level, <laughs> and they said, "No, we don't want this anymore." Touché. So that tells you about all I need to know. But them at four and three is a surprise to me. Disappointing team that has disappointed you the most. There's some big ones in this. I just put the entire NFC East, but most specifically the Dallas Cowboys because they were trash with Dak. They trash were not good with Dak, and I I just couldn't believe a team that some had picked for, like, to make a run at the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. And when they showed up with the, how they played defensively early on, with the names that they had, you were like, oh my, what is this? Yeah. It, it was embarrassing at defensive football. That's what it was. Embarrassing. I can't pick. Dallas, uh, you touched on them. The injuries there have been just been ravaged. Here are three that are hard to wrap your head around. None harder than Houston. Yes. Houston has one win. I'll Atlanta? say this, though. The, the way they started was terrible. Yeah. And then you're really right. Brutal. And it, and then they haven't really been able to get their mojo since. And the Minnesota Vikings. Yes. Those four teams. Yep. I had I had Houston and Minnesota as playoff teams and doesn't look like well clearly neither one's going to be there at this point. Yep. Uh, player who has surprised you the most. So I have him on here a couple of times, but it's Joe Burrow. And why do I put Joe Burrow? I expected him to be good. 
I did not expect him to have the consistent performances of 300-plus passing yards, the one 400-yard. I did not expect that with that roster. I just didn't. Um, I think he's been a week-in, week-out. Since what week two, I think he has not been a reason why they've lost any of the games. They've been in almost every single football game except one. So you look at the roster – I'm not sure you could play, you know, Madden on rookie and keep every game as tight as Joe Burrow has done in real life. Yeah, no, it's been impressive. Here's I'll go two guys where I just was dead wrong on on both. Um, Justin Herbert, I was most wrong on. He yeah. shocked me how how good he is. I really didn't see it. I I didn't see it with him in college, and I got that one dead wrong. Um, Allen, some of the Josh Allen, some of the things that I saw in him still exist, but what I had wrong was how effective they would be in getting the best out of him. And while yeah. they have hit a little lull right now, he, Still you could argue two, through, right? Yeah. yeah, they're 6 and 2. And through the first four games you could argue he was in that MVP conversation. So those yeah. are two guys who have surprised. Uh coach of the first half of the season. You could have thrown Ryan Tannehill in there too. He's could've. lost some luster in the last few, but he was his numbers were up there with, with Patrick Mahomes. Um yep. So I put Mike Vrabel and I know his luster has died a little bit with the loss to the Bengals, but here's why. Just simply for keeping things on the rails, keeping the train from going off during the whole COVID thing, the fact that they were able to come they're 5-2 and two and they're leading, they're tied with the Colts, leading the AFC South. And they had an outbreak where they had to shut down for two weeks and went out and won a football game. Yeah. We cannot take that lightly. I think that nope. Vrabes... Deserves to be in there now. Obviously, if he's sitting there six and one and being the Bengals, you feel you probably yeah, heck yeah, everyone probably is agreeing with that. It's a little bit of a of a dull, but I expect them to jump back this week and get another dub. Mike Tomlin is seven and zero, so that and he's he won at Tennessee at Baltimore, but right now, I would go Kevin Stefanski. The Cleveland Browns are five and three. They have played two games, two games with the offensive line they intended. They have played zero games and will play zero games with the defense that they intended. They have played three games without Nick Chubb, Wyatt Teller, two games without Austin Hooper, two games without Odell Beckham Jr. And they're five and three. Mm. And they're they're winning the games they're supposed to win. And he's not getting it all the time out of the quarterback position either. So with all of that, to be at five and three, pretty good job out of him. Rookie of the year. Oh, it's Joe. He is extraordinary. He's even better than the numbers would lead you to believe. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It's Joe. It's. Yeah. I mean, there's. There's not. Doesn't need to be a deep discussion on it. I don't even know. If he ends up being like an MVP of the league, are we going to put his picture in the Woody? Developed I hope here. Not. I hope not. <laughs> Do you, do you if he, if his name appears under the Bengals helmet, you know, on the NFL wall, but like, come on, guys. <laughs> well, he's here longer than he was there. I don't care. <laughs> I he agree, left here. He left I here know. to play. We did he not did. play him. He left here to go play. If he stayed here, he's not drafted number one overall. He's no. not maybe not in the NFL. Think about that. If he stays here, yeah. he's not even in the league. So no, we can't claim him. Stop it. Isn't that, a, isn't that amazing? Because you're right. <laughs> you're right. I'm proud I mean, he would have played. Well, if he would have been here, Justin Fields wouldn't have been because he would have yeah. played after Dwayne went pro. Um, honestly, I'll he put it surprised. this way: I don't think we would have gotten the best out of him in what we were doing when Urban was the head coach. It was just different. It was it was JT Barrett. It was a different idea. But with Ryan Day as the head coach, 
if you said, hey, Joe Burrow is getting recruited and he's a dude right now yeah. on the roster, you'd be like, oh, I'm excited to see what that looks like. Yeah. Well, what's Joe Burrow you know, look it, like with these wide receivers? Well, we saw really it last year at LSU. That's what we saw. <laughs> right. You're getting off it's track. But we're, we're getting off track a little bit here, but if he had beaten out Haskins and had two years to play here with Ryan Day calling plays, it would yes. have been the same thing at LSU. Yes. would have been the same thing. But anyway, um, yes. As way. far as claiming it, we can't. We can't. Offensive player of the year, non-quarterback. Oh, well, I did not have that. Where did you throw the non-quarterback in there? <laughs> Mine just says OP of the year midway point. Maybe it's because it's going right. to be the same as my MVP. It's okay. You go first because I'm going to go gonna first because I did throw that in on you. I'm going to go Derrick Henry. And I think you go Alvin Kamara here as well. And I think you go DK Metcalf here. I think these are the, those are the guys who come who jump to my mind when I think about this uh, from an offensive player of the year, non quarterback. But Derrick Henry leads the NFL in rushing. They think about what they've had to do. Everything they do depends on him being being what he is and the threat of him. And the other one is Kamara. Those are the two that jump out to me in terms of. And but Metcalf is right there. He's right there. Yeah, and I mean, I think after looking at, at around the NFL and everything, you have to say that, man, with Derrick Henry. I mean, the fact that teams line up against them and they know what's about to come, and he's still able to do what he... I mean, and think about how much he got used last year. One of the biggest questions about Derrick Henry this year was, can he repeat it because of how much he got worked last year? You know, as far as how many touches he got, all of that. So I think it has to be Derrick Henry. Defensive player of the year at the midway point. Okay. I'm going with T.J. Watt. Oh, I like it. Here's why. Miles has kind of tailed off a little bit. He was a favorite early. Aaron Donald's up there. I know he's the betting favorite right now. But as the season goes on, who makes plays for the undefeated team left over? And it's T.J. Watt. Yeah. That is what I think ultimately helps in this situation when you are on a team that is winning you're going to be in the spotlight all eyeballs are going to be on you wonder the Steelers going to lose all that if you keep making plays TJ it's going to be yours yeah I go Miles because I think he's he's forced more turnovers than several teams he is on pace for more turnovers created Um, in fact his number right now is better than who led the league in that category all of last season and without him, I don't know where they are, because he is he's the strip he's strip sack fumbled five times, like <laughs> there's they are nowhere without that kid. They needed every one of them. They yeah. needed every one of them. Um, but I like TJ and, and obviously uh, Aaron Donald's on a, in a category of himself. MVP of the league. MVP of the league. I got Russell Wilson. They're letting him cook. Yep. Yeah, he's 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 it, and I, I think he'll end up winning it by the time this thing is over. This is a little more interesting one. How many true Super Bowl contenders are there? I'll name them. I got three from the AFC, three from the NFC, and you tell me if I'm an idiot or if I'm missing something. I would never do that. I would never do that. Oh, well, I mean, Shelley would. I'm not Cersei. Um, <laughs> Seahawks, Packers, yep. Yep. Buccaneers in the yep. NFC. I do not think the Saints are one. I agree. Steelers, Ravens, Chiefs. And I struggled with the Ravens because I don't have a good vibe about them, but I still know what they can be as far as running the football. Like, they, like Lamar can still have that Kaepernick versus the Packers type game in the playoffs yeah, for sure. and wow you. So I, those, those are my six teams. So the, the Baltimore I can still with the Titans. 
two. So I would add Tennessee. They, I had seven. I put Tennessee in this as well. Baltimore can do. Here's the thing that's interesting. Tennessee can win a lot of ways. They can win yes. throwing it, and they can win running it. Baltimore has to win one way. But yes. the way they win is as dominant as the way any team can win. So yep. if they are able to get ahead, they will be able to choke out games. And I think their defense is going to get better and better as it goes along. So I'm with you on Baltimore, and I would add Tennessee in. I can't see anybody other than those seven. I really can't. I don't see anybody coming from the NFC from anywhere. The The injuries to the Niners are just far too many. Uh, I don't trust Goff, Goff and not. Kyler's not ready. Um, and I'm with you on the Saints. I'm with you on the Saints. I just think that their chances were in the past, and they had them. They had teams, you know, championship games at their place and couldn't get it done. And so I, I feel like the, the window has closed on them. All right, coming up next, we take a look at the Big Ten slate for the weekend and a monster game for the Michigan program and also the Indiana program as those two teams hook up in Bloomington. You have that to look forward to, which is nice. You're listening to Bishop and Lauren right here on The Fan. Your home of the Buckeyes, Jackets, NFL, Major League Baseball, and pretty much everything you can shake a stick at. What? It's a saying. The fan. D drinking responsibly with a touch of class. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. All right, I'm looking at this Big Ten slate. I'm going to give you three coaches. You rank them in terms of which game, which the importance of the game to them. All right. Okay. Harbaugh at Indiana. Okay. Frost at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Or Loxley at Penn State. Mm. Not that he has to win, but we know what happened a year ago. Mm. Okay. You could have went Franklin against Maryland. Um, but I don't think he's on any sort of hot seat. No, but I feel like he might be realizing he can't compete and maybe I go to Texas. Yes. Yeah. Maybe I can compete there. Well, that's one, maybe the Urban's captain, offensive coordinator at Texas. Assuming as Captain Urban says no. Um, <laughs> Too easy. It's Too so, easy. It really is. I mean, it's funny because it's true. Um, yeah. I have no, I, by the way, I have no information at all. All I know is that it's funny when you dive into that deep wormhole of that, right? When you go on the internet, Google Urban Meyer to Texas and you'll find a whole bunch of fun rumors of... Uh, well, he had, I know I talked to some booster down here, and he said that he talked to Herb you know, firsthand, gave him his word. All right. Well, the reason you have those conversations is because it's it's the, it's one of the jobs that he would you'd have to consider if they called. Absolutely. They have the money. Absolutely. It's a Cadillac job. You can recruit Texas. All no of those things. Good place to live. No uh, yeah. I mean, it would. I think it would check every box. Gosh, maybe I should coach linebackers at Texas. I don't know. You I don't like want you too much. At you. I, I, I like, like you. Li- I like where you are right now. I don't need I, you anywhere but, else. At, they have a lot better access to Longhorns. Tell you that they do. they do might be might be better for my life anyway little, um little bevo offspring <laughs> oh man um okay to answer your question scott frost is number one um two is jim harbaugh three is loxley okay so why do i put loxley at three i'm not sure really anybody has expectations for maryland but they need to be competitive but i'm just not sure people are really paying attention to loxley at maryland um eh, i don't know Harbaugh's at two. I struggle with him and Frost. I think it's more important for Frost because Harbaugh's on the tail end of his experiment there. Frost is still in the Frost still has the juice. But if Frost doesn't beat Northwestern this year after having a bye week to prepare for Northwestern, that, that's I said it yesterday, I'll say it again. Poor Northwestern has to face two teams that because of Wisconsin backing out that are gonna have bye weeks two weeks to prepare for them. So 
That stinks for for Fitz. But Scott needs to like if you lose to Northwestern this weekend, how are you telling your guys that you're on your way? How are you telling your fan base that you're on your way? We understand that Northwestern might have a good football team, Peyton Ramsey, all that, but you're in Nebraska. You're supposed to be the brand of the West. Yep. So does he start to lose his fire? Does he start to lose his juice? Look, I mean, Harbaugh's fire and juice for the job early on was was awesome, and then he got it beat out of him. This is this feels like an early game. That Does it get beat out of Scott? I don't know, man. This It just feels like this is a big one for them, even though it won't look like a big one because Northwestern's not ranked and all that. Behind the scenes, you know this is a big one. I agree. I think you had the order right. I think Scott really needs to beat Northwestern. Not that he's going to get fired if he doesn't, but for himself, for the program, I think they're better too. I do. Yes. I think it stinks that their safeties are going to miss those, you know, the half because of what happened in our game right. with the targeting. So I think that's. Oh, yeah. They couldn't have missed the, the fake half, the, the half yeah. they were supposed to miss against Wisconsin. Right. They, they should say that. Look, there. hey, we were here to play. It's not our yeah. fault. Just like. Just like targeting in a bowl game keeps you out of the next right. year's first game. Dumb. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's critical for him to beat Northwestern. I think for Harbaugh, I'm with you. I feel it feels cooked. I think it's actually bigger for Allen to to stack a win, to beat to beat Penn State and Michigan. In you want to talk year? about creating some momentum in the same oh, year? Yeah. That would be go a yeah. long way uh for him. I, I don't know that even if do Michigan it would people set up, they it would even... set up our matchup as a as a barn burner. Heck ESPN <laughs> might put it at night. <laughs> big dude kick eight o'clock one of the two the um, it was a big yeah. dude kick the year before because it was the opener remember that uh, yeah i do i just wonder I, it's hard for me to see i i don't know the 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 psyche of the michigan fan like have they just pushed in the chips on the season they should just ap- just apathy just like yeah we're, eh, you know whatever when's basketball start juan's got another five star coming in that's the way that feels to me and yeah. for penn state maryland the only reason i threw that one in there because i don't neither one of those guys are there's no hot seats or anything but they are going to be competing for the same players yep same recruits and and penn state and that's ran why it up on them last year that's penn why state franklin annihilates them that's why yep. they annihilate them because um and and franklin's always going to annihilate him because he felt like he should have had that maryland job so he's going to stick it to him anyway and he and he knows how critical that is and loxley's a major recruiter so it's Mike didn't need to win. Penn a State kind of needs one. to win. They're zero and two. They they need to, but but Maryland needs to have it be a bit of a ball game. Otherwise, it's hard to to beat Penn State for recruits. A sneaky one is can can Ference get a win, or is he going to be zero and three hosting Michigan State? Tough start for them. Yeah, and with Especially all with his off season, this off season, yeah. yeah, I'm just yeah, you never know. You never know. This you is start zero three. It's it's one of those like oh man that's. Just leaves a bad taste in your mouth coming off all the stuff in the offseason, and it's going to make people around there who probably have already whispered, Is it time to make a. Is it time for. It's never easy. You were around Bowden. It's never easy when you have a guy who's been there forever. It's hard. Really hard. And you're trying to think of, like, it's, is there a better option? Are we looking? Is the grass not always greener, or is it? How do we handle this? The other thing that is really. That I'm guessing, and I, I don't have any on the ground knowledge of Iowa, but this would be my guess, is that Ferentz wanted to hand this job to his kid. That's yes. my guess because that's Which is what, happened what happened at Kansas at Ohio- State. It's, it's what they tried at, to do that at Kansas yes. State. They wouldn't let it happen. They tried they to do it at Florida State, and yep. it's what Bobby wanted to do was to hand it to one of his kids. Um, and and what happens with that is you start to lose grip on the program because the kid is not as competent as you are, and so <laughs> inevitably, and so what what starts to happen is the program starts to slip. 
and then it gets really ugly, and you could see that happening at Iowa. I don't. I, Ference is at no point near the age or anything that that Bowden was when he when he was finally uh, forced out at Florida State. But um, you could see that happening at Iowa. You really could. Um, a busy day in the college football slate as well. We are reintroduced to the Pac-12 conference this week, at least some of their games. We will get you a preview of what to come, including a fun Friday nighter. Now, I will see a quarter of it because it doesn't start until 945, uh, but kind of a fun Friday nighter for you as well. We'll take a look at uh, the college football slate coming up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Morning Juice with Beamer, Carpenter, and Schlegs. Wake up with three large dudes. Beefy. Weekdays starting at 6. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. It's first Friday somewhere. That's a big sense of freedom. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. Week 10. Can you believe that? For some? I don't know who. Week 10 in college football for some. No, it's week Uh, 3. Week three for us, week yeah, three. certainly. I totally, I, I totally reject that notion. <laughs> I don't have a problem with that either. I think there are, uh, we did the Big Ten slate, I think there are three really interesting games. I think BYU at Boise State tonight is really interesting. Mm. BYU is impressive when I've seen them. Um, they're really physical, they fly, they get got a good quarterback. Interested to see that game, at least a quarter of it. 9.45 start is not great for Uncle Bo. Um, the other one, of course, we spent time on yesterday was Clemson at Notre Dame, and then Florida and Georgia also. Uh, you're not going to be able to see Clemson at Notre Dame because you'll be calling our game. But you'll be able to peek in on these others. Among those and the rest of the slate, what jumps out to you? Well, for the Fighting Fickles, I think that we, you want Boise State to win tonight because – According to the college football index playoff predictor or whatever, BYU has an easier path. Um, so all those things that we were hoping for the Fighting Fickles, um, I guess that's that's a something to look forward to tonight. I will not be watching it with my eyeballs because my eyeballs will be staring at their lids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think you know honestly, Florida Georgia is is another one, right? Um, it's it's one of those games where you feel like it's an elimination game. Um, yep. So, no you know, what, how do you how do you look at that uh, as I as I roll through this schedule? I really am looking forward to Michigan Indiana. Um, mm-hmm. I am. I, I just for obvious reasons. Uh, but that's that's really it. How about Liberty cracking the top twenty five? By the way, yeah, Hugh Freeze, Hugh Freeze, just sneaking in there. The irony of him coaching there is not lost, nor no. should it be lost on you no. in, terms of, in terms of that setup. The, um, I'll tell you a couple of, couple of things that you mentioned. In terms of big picture, the team that has the most to gain this weekend is Notre Dame. They definitely have the most to gain. They Notre Dame, with a win, it, it's a, it legitimizes them. And there will be some who will say, yeah, Trevor Lawrence didn't play. You know, it was, it was DJ Weungalele. Okay, fine. That's fine. But it's not like that DJ kid's not going to be an NFL quarterback. Like, that's kind of. I think it's going to so, be a lot of people, buddy. There I can will just, be. I can just see. If they um, can Pollock, win. I can see Dez. Well, those I can guys see all be. those guys yeah, for that's sure. Fine. That's fine. But I think people who pay really a cl- close attention to college football, if Notre Dame can hang in the trenches, if they yeah. can make plays on the outside, yep. if they can have established run, if Book can make plays against Clemson, yep. if they can. If they can play a good game against and maybe even upset them, it's only a five-point spread. If Notre Dame can upset them, I think it carries real value for them. I do. Yes. I think it really matters for them and their program 
to beat Clemson at their place. Um, it's, it's the, the other two games that, that are similar to this that I'm reminded of, and it would definitely feel like this way if Lawrence was playing, and if there were fans, of course, um, are the Bush-Push game with USC and the Florida State game in 93, um, where the number one team in the country comes in. I, I remember barely the Catholic convicts games in the late 80s, not much of those, but certainly remember those games vividly, the ones I just mentioned, and it would have that feel. Some of it's off yes. because of Lawrence, but there's still a lot to gain for Notre Dame. From a long-term program build standpoint, I think the most important game is Florida-Georgia because what that is is a street fight. They recruit the same kids. Florida and Georgia recruit the same kids. That is for the next few recruiting classes. Who is in charge of the SEC East? Who is going? There is so much talent on the north border of Florida in the Jacksonville, all the way across the Panhandle to Pensacola, Tallahassee, all that area. There is so much talent there, and there is so much talent in South Georgia between Valdosta and Thomasville and Moultrie. Those places where people up here you probably never heard of them, but they are they're dripping with talent, and it's a street fight for that talent that'll take place in Jacksonville. And Kirby Smart has recruited like a madman at Georgia. He has. They are. You watch him play, you see it. You see it in the trenches, you see it at linebacker, you see it at corner, receiver, everywhere. Running back especially. They have. They've recruited like crazy there. But he has not been able to get all the way home. Yeah, it's He's like not great. been able to get all the way home. In the meantime, Dan Mullen at Florida, early on in the tenure, not quite the recruiter Kirby is, but if he can beat Georgia... Boy, does that start changing a lot of people's minds. Now, all of a sudden, as Miami flounders, Florida State's going nowhere. Now, all of a sudden, the University of Florida, you go, wait a sec, can we, can we now be the bullies again in the in the state of Florida like yeah. we had it under Well, Urban? watch out, though. Miami's number 11, and they're at NC State tonight. So, I mean, that's a 7.30 kick if you want to see the, the U be back. <laughs> right. No, I, I, think they're, I think I've seen them be back, and they're oh. a long ways. Okay. I think they're a long ways. But okay. that the Florida-Georgia one is a bit of a that, – there's a lot of ramifications to that one. Not yeah. just for this year, because you're right. It's an elimination game, but also big picture in the East. It's hard what to is, believe. What has Kirby Smart done besides recruit better than Mark Richt? Because they're basically, when you look at the, I see the Georgia fans post this all the time, right? They compare records. Yeah. They compare all that. And then it always says national titles, right? Mm-hmm. Just, I don't know. Because you feel like if Mark Richt was the head coach, you know, and they had a, they had a playoff back then, he would have been in a lot of them. He would have. Here's the here's the thing that Kirby has done is he beat Oklahoma in the Rose Bowl. And because we live in a playoff world, he gets a win over Oklahoma, which puts him in the national championship game, and he's a mm-hmm. Tua Tagovailoa throw in overtime to Jerry <laughs> Judy from winning the national uh, title. I'm not even sure it's the throw. It's a damn, hey, you're in cover two. Get off the hash. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Wind up. Why are you on the hash anyway? What to a safety. Yeah, That's right. what it is. It's not even the yeah. throw. And, and, I wouldn't even be mad at the throw. What do you think about two of the It wasn't the throw. Anyone can make that damn throw. Get to my safety. Get off the hash. Yeah. Sorry. No, no. It's valid. But that's what he's done. Is I think the win over Oklahoma provided him just a ton of momentum because yeah. Oklahoma's winning that game. And then they, they couldn't keep the offense going after half. And then they ran Michelle and Chubb and were able to win that Rose Bowl eventually in overtime before losing to Alabama in the national title game. But Georgia, from a recruiting standpoint, is recruiting the way we recruit. Yep. They recruit the way Clemson recruits and Bama and LSU is recruiting. They're one of those teams. Florida hasn't quite got there yet under Mullen. They're not recruiting, recruiting the way they recruited under Urban. He's, he's not quite the salesman that Urban is. But if he can win on the field... Then the results start to count. And frankly, Mullen kind of needs it. He's had a tough couple of weeks. I mean, he's, he's inciting 
violence. Last time out, he's yeah. he's he's got he's saying no, I want fans no here. Meantime, there's COVID. There's no proof of that. I mean, right? his team shut down for two weeks. So in terms of kind of needing it, Mullen kind of needs it. Yep. And you're right, it's an elimination game. Um, the the other one of note. Boy, the rest of that, the Big 12 is completely eliminated. That's the thing that you jump, that jumps at this thing is they're done. From a playoff perspective, they're done. So in terms of teams we got to worry about, or the, well, we don't have to worry about any of them. The fighting fickles have to worry about. You're right. BYU, South Carolina can beat Texas A&M. That's yep. positive. That'd be a yep. big one. Um, and then I'll, you keep a little bit of an eye on Stanford at Oregon and keep a little bit of an eye on USC. In the big noon to see what they look like. Those are the from the national perspective. That's that's kind Can't of where you're at. Can't wait to see Bradshaw and Howie then break that one down. <sighs> Boy, did you get any insight into why they did that? Nope. It's oh, come weird on. how they're not come on, how they're man. not BTMB giving any crew. They're not giving me any insight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just surprised that there hasn't been like. I mean, they say it's because of contact tracing or something, or came in contact with COVID. But out of it, and you're probably right. Do it from your house is probably not possible when you're trying to do it on the fly. But I don't. I you'd almost would rather have just punted on it entirely. Which yeah. the idea that that how I mean you saw them last night they're doing NFL games now they're supposed to be knowing college football they're going to talk eloquently about USC and Arizona State yeah you know it's not like it's us in the big noon that'd right. be easy right you know, you, or, you know us against Penn State in big noon okay fine yeah. I mean I can talk about that Ohio State Michigan the history all that what the heck are they going to know about USC and Arizona State. Right. It's a tough sell, man. We hit uh, Thing or Not a Thing up next. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Proud to be your flagship home for Ohio State Athletics. The Jackets, Crew Soccer, and Bobby Carpenter's uncomfortably vascular arms. The Fan, Ohio Sports Destination. Two men complaining about first world problems. You're not getting the point, kid. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. All right, time for a little Thing or Not a Thing on a football Friday. Bodie's here. Go, Bodie. Bishop and Laurinaitis. Thing or not a thing? All right, guys, let's do it on a Friday. First up, last night's game between the Packers and the 49ers was the 26th straight meeting between the two teams that involved at least one future-slash-former MVP winning quarterback. The last time the two teams met without an MVP quarterback playing in the game was 1986. Thing or not a thing? I mean, it seems like on the surface it should be a thing. But isn't it really just because the Packers went from Rodgers or from Favre to Rodgers, and the 49ers went from Young or Montana to Young? Did anybody other than those four win MVPs? No, I but so. I think it's quite amazing that it is. It just is the longevity but it's two of se- those. It's just it, right. It, it's pretty remarkable. It's pretty remarkable because yeah. that'd be like saying that the Colts Patriots had that length because someone came after Brady. And won an MVP. Manning. Would have been if the Colts, if the if if luck, luck would have won, won an MVP after. Then, but then the Patriots still would Manning. need somebody. They would need someone to follow. Yeah. Yes. So basically, it's two franchises who crushed the quarterback yeah. handoff, is yeah. what it is. Yes. Sticking with last night's game, Devontae Adams had 10, 10 catches for 173 yards and a touchdown in Green Bay's win. Adams became the second player in NFL history with three games of 10 catches, 150 yards, and a touchdown in a single season. Megatron, Calvin Johnson for the Lions, is the only other player to do so. He did that back in 2012. Thing or not a thing? Well, it's a big thing. It's also a thing because Green Bay decided not to address receiver. So that's the other part of it, is is he is dominant, but also they didn't draft Jefferson or 
right. Higgins. Or they drafted a quarterback. So there's Rodgers is who's he trust? Right. Adams That's and Adams it. delivers on that trust. Yep. And when you can lock him down, that then for Green Bay, it's then what? Yep, but you haven't been able to this year. Um, gosh, that's that's amazing. The second player in NFL history, yeah, that's a huge thing. Still got the whole second half of the season to uh, break I that know. record too. The NBA is now expected to return for a 72 game season beginning on December 22nd next month. With that happening, there will be just 71 days between the end of last season and the start of the next season, which is the fewest number of days between two seasons in NBA, NHL, MLB, or NFL history. Thing or not a thing. Well, it's an enormous thing, and dollars delivered this. That's why this is happening, is because they've got to get these games in. Um, I saw LeBron James on his show, The Shop, last week, uh, said something to the effect of, uh, I'm going to take the first month off, and AD can hold it down. And I, I think that there will be some of that. I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of players you could if you, who say, uh, wait a second, I just played. Yeah. And now I'm going to run it. I don't get an off season. I just How played. How do their contracts work then? That's my question. So, like, if you're... If you are, because I know if the NFL, like, your contracts are structured active, inactive. So you can't pull yeah. that in the league. Um, but in the NBA, for instance, like, I, I understand, like, my first reaction to that is, like, that ain't fair to the fans. Well, there are going to be no fans. So right. not in L.A. anyway. Um, so it's not fair to your TV partners. It's not fair to your TV partners, which obviously they don't care about. Um Which they should, because they provide the money. Any, the only anyway. ones with the, giving them the money is yes. TV. But, uh... Anyway, I, I just wonder how, like, if you voluntarily shut yourself down for a month and you shouldn't get paid that month. I mean, that's yeah, just... But I everyone's working through do things that. right now. Everyone's working leave. through things right now in a pandemic. You know, everyone's doing yeah. things they don't want to do, like parenting kids at home while also working from home and trying to get your yep. kids through school at home. Yep. I mean, no one's going to feel... I understand you're sore. I, there's two sports that come to mind, the easiest to do this with. Baseball, Sure. You sprint every once in a while when you have to run one out, if you want to. It's even debatable in baseball whether you want to run one out, right? So as far as the physical toll on having a short offseason, baseball and then basketball. Basketball is physical, but it's not nearly. It's not a contact sport in the sense of those hockey dudes are, are healing from some real physical pain. You know, football guys are really healing from physical pain. Yeah. Less certainly in basketball. The the other thing is is you you have to think about and this is less for LeBron as he's thirty six or whatever he is but for yeah. the younger players you have to think about the health of your sport you, there's going to be a new CBA there's going to be money coming into this league you have to deliver on this or there there's no money they're, dude they're even talking about expansion in the NBA and NHL to make up the shortfall so they get you know expansion fees out of the gate so they can make up the money NBA Nashville. Could be. NBA and Seattle's most likely. Seattle and Vegas are most likely. Yeah. Vegas. For the NBA. (laughs) Chris Holtman's Buckeyes got some good news yesterday as guard Jimmy Sotos was granted immediate eligibility for this upcoming basketball season. The Buck now transferred average 11 points, 4 rebounds, and 3 assists last season for the Bison. Thing or not a thing? Huge thing. It's a huge thing, and it's the way it should have been. I mean, the idea that they were that this was going to be denied, of course they were going to let him play. Uh, we were outraged when they said he couldn't play. Now he can. That's good. He's going to be a big part of this team. Yeah, and and look, um, I, I give Chops credit, all right? I was listening to him by mistake, <laughs> not intentionally. Sorry. By mistake, I turn my car on, and, and I'm listening to the common man. I'm like, oh, this feels like a warm blanket. This is going to be something funny. And then Chops started talking, and I was like, oh, gosh, how do I change it? Anyway, but he said they were talking about this subject, and – he said that, look, if they said no, then we need to adopt the SEC rule. Just say, no, no, I don't think we listened to you. Jimmy's playing. Sorry. Stop I wonder us. where he got that. <laughs> you? <laughs> Idea. 
I wonder where that came from. <laughs> and he gave you no. Is credit that what he's doing? He's just parroting. He's just parroting yes, all of our original no ideas on and other he gave shows. You no credit. Of course, it's an original thought out of him. Yep. We'll do know the scores next segment, but looking ahead to this weekend's point spreads, Michigan is a three and a half point favorite over Indiana tomorrow. That is the first time since 1988 that Michigan is less than a seven point favorite over the Hoosiers. Thing or not a thing? I mean, of all the thing or not a things, this is the biggest one because it tells you where they are. Yeah, it tells you where Michigan is. Yep. And we're we're to be credit to Tom Allen, where that program he's done a nice job. Doug was talking about who, who's, you know, we want to be the battle to be the fourth team in the East. No, you want to be the battle to be the third, because I think Michigan is opening the door. I agree. Indiana could be the third team in the East this year. Jeez. Or second. Think, yeah. let, that, let that sink in. I don't think it'll consistently, well, they've already consistently beaten Penn be State. that. But they've beaten, they've beaten Penn State. Does anything tell Michigan. you they won't beat Michigan State? They could they get only a three-and-a-half dog against Michigan at home? No. I don't know, man. Last one here real quick. The Pac-12 begins their football season tomorrow with number 20 USC hosting Arizona State at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. local time for them out west. That is the earliest kickoff time for a USC home game in the last 65 seasons. Thing or not a thing? What were they playing, like 7 a.m. games 70 years ago? Why? Would, what, what, what was this? they want to get to the beach, bro. Let's get the game out of the way. Nobody Let's go there. surfing. They're all done by 3 o'clock. Nobody works past 3 o'clock out west. I love it. It's perfect. I love it. It's Um, perfect. Look, it tells you, A, where USC is, and B, where the Pac-12 is, that they had to do this. Yes. Because there's no way you do this during the Bush Liner USC. No. We're not playing at noon. Nope. Bush Liner USC, no chance. But it's how far the Pac-12's fallen and how far USC's USC's fallen. Yep. Yep. But good for them for trying to be creative, trying to find a way to get in front of eyeballs, not just sitting there and taking it. So I like that. I like it. A little fight back out of you, Pac-12. Try to figure out a way to get in front of... uh, People's televisions. Not sure it'll work because you won't have Urban and them leading into it, but. Absolutely not. All right, we go know the scores coming up next. You listen to Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on the fan. Two men, no pants. Oh my God! Common Man and T Bone. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 6. The fan, Ohio sports destination. A linebacker and a man of leisure. This doesn't even make sense. You're listening to Bishop and Laurinaitis. All right, final hour here on a football Friday. Take a look at that Buckeye defense against the Rutgers offense coming up Tim May at the bottom of the hour as well. Before we do all of that, though, it is time to know the scores. Hit a boat. It's time for Know the Scores on Bishop and Laurinaitis. All right, guys. Not a bad week last week. Not a great week either one. Just okay. Bo, you went six and four. James five and five on the season. Bo, you are six over at forty three. Hold on, and third. it says four and six for Bo. Yeah, there was we got that some correct. Accounting irregularities. <laughs> okay. Poor man. Okay. You know what? This whole thing's a wash then. Because here's the issue. I never double check. So you mean to tell me that moron chops hasn't screwed up once? Actually, That's why I check. So see, That's Bo, why you know what? Look. I never have checked all year, so I'm gonna say this whole thirty you know what? <laughs> Recount. I need a recount. This whole thing is a fraud. Wait, just stop counting. Stop the counting. It's done. I win. It's all done. No more. We're not picking any more games. I win. Stop. Stop right ridiculous. now. You have, this is ridiculous. So I had I had uh, BC covering last week. One. I had Cincinnati covering. I had Michigan State covering. I had Texas. I had Bama. And I had Ohio State. So those are your six. I had a whole layer of trust, right? I don't look at these at all once I do them. The only ones that I keep oh are the NFL gosh. ones. And it's really, it's by luck because the NFL ones just kind of are... When I take it from the email and I load it into my pages on my iPad, yeah. it saves automatically. 
and I don't delete it, but I delete all our rundowns, which is what these are in. So if these were on a separate sheet, like the NFL ones, maybe I'd keep them and double-check. But yeah. I double-check the NFL, but I do never check these. And now I'm starting to wonder you gotta be that 31 attention. and 49 is it some you gotta watch these bull kids, crap. Man. I can't speak to the 31 and 49, but as God is my witness, I'm looking at the sheet from last week, James, and I have you at 5 and 5. Yep. So unless I'm terrible at math. Bodie's a good news. kid. He's on chops. No, it's fake news. Fake he news. He can't speak to what happened beforehand. Nope. You got to trust the process. We live nope. in a democracy. Nope. Part, count every score. First up, number nine, BYU is a three and a half point favorite at number 21, Boise State. I think BYU is really good. I think they're really good. I think they have. I think they have the physicality to hang with with some of the better teams. Um, I think they have the quarterback in Wilson. I will watch some of this tonight. I'll see how they come out tonight. I think Boise State. They also had an interesting thing with their quarterback. Bachmeyer missed a game last week. So what's the status there in terms of everything being all on the same page? Give me BYU thirty-one, Boise State twenty-one. Mm, I like that pick. I think BYU's for real too. I think they got a nice quarterback. I think. Uh, you know they're they're they've been one of these programs. Just it's like, look, we'll play anybody this year. Let's go. Let's you know sign us up. Independent. They'll go out there and play. And I like the team that they have. They play hard. They're tough. Um, I think they're deserving of being in the top ten. I think that they'll win this football game by ten as well. So give me the Cougars. Next up, Nebraska's at Northwestern, and the Wildcats are favored by three and a half. I don't know whether this pick is emotional. If it's more of a want to than logical, but I think that. After rewatching Ohio State and Nebraska, I think Nebraska has something. Um, and I think that they'll win a tight football game on the road in Chicago. I think Adrian Martinez and McCaffrey scramble all over the place. It's not pretty, but I think the Cornhuskers beat the Wildcats. All right, I got two weeks to prepare if I'm yep. Scott Frost, right? You got two weeks to prepare. I got two kids who can run it and throw it, so I can do a lot of trickeration. I can do those things. I've got some players, Wandale Robinson, we can get him going a little bit. And maybe I'm talking myself into this, maybe just because I want Nebraska to be good. Same thing. But they don't even really have to win. All they have to do is lose by a field goal, and you're still fine. So give me Nebraska, 24, Northwestern, 23. Number 23, Michigan is on the road. They're in a th- they are a three-and-a-half-point favorite at number 13, Indiana. I look at this, and I say, why? Why is Michigan favored? They're going to Indiana. Why? Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. And I've l- looked around. I've heard people talk about. I mean, Indiana's beaten Penn State. The mighty, the mighty Hoosiers. Tom Allen's team. They've they've beaten Penn State. What do you want out of them? And then in the back of my head, I think to myself, Is Harbaugh really going to lose to Indiana? Two. Is this where we're at at Michigan? And maybe I'll be wrong, and I'll live to regret this. Michigan, 27. Indiana, 23. Mm. The Hoosiers are going to beat the Wolverines. Ooh. Jeez. Dark Who's going to get open for Michigan? Dark, dark days, Big Blue. Dark days. Who's going to get open for Michigan? Can you throw the ball downfield? You couldn't last week. No. no uh-uh. You couldn't against Michigan State, a team that lost to it's Rutgers. All you can do is run the football and hope Joe Milton does quick passes and you break, you know, tackles. That's your offense. Now, if Michael Penix doesn't screw it up by, you know, and Indiana doesn't screw oh. it up by having Don Brown's defense, you know, blitzing right and left and all that and attacking. Can Penix make Give the Give me the throws? Hoosiers. Hoosiers win by a field goal. Walk off. Win the game. End of it. Hoosiers. 
Next up, Maryland is at Penn State, and the Nittany Lions are favored by 25. Okay. I struggled with this one, too. I'm not going to be fooled by Tuluia. I got to get this name down by next week. Yeah, but you have a week. Tuluia Tungavaloa. <laughs> All right? Yeah. That sounded right. Yep. Talia Tungavaloa. Yep. Had a great comeback game against Minnesota. But I think we've understood that Minnesota's defense is hot garbage. So Penn State's defense, although it cannot compete with us, I don't think is hot garbage. I think that Franklin has those boys ready to roll. I think Shaka Tony and those guys are embarrassed with the way they are shut down against O State. Penn State wins by twenty eight. Yeah, I, I th- I'm with you on that. I think it's a little bit of a mirage with Maryland last week, and I think Minnesota's really, really bad. Um, conversely, I, th- I actually was impressed with Penn State's give-a-damn in the second half of that game last week. Yeah. And the way they were able to throw the ball and get it going. I mean, Clifford kind of got it going. They were able to make some plays. That kid made two great plays on, on Wade on the outside. So um, it, it's you see 25, and you go, geez, that's a lot. But if it's 38-10, you're safe, pal. And it, well, it's not or as even big as if what, it's forty-five and forty-five, ours? And, yeah, ours is even bigger. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Penn State, forty-one, Maryland, fourteen. First Pac-12 game of the season. Arizona State is at number twenty. USC and Southern Cal is favored by ten and a half. It's just. It, it's just the number is too big. USC can win the game, but Herm's recruited at a nice level there. He's got some playmakers on the outside, a quarterback who can play a little bit, and the idea that USC is that much better than anybody right now, and they floundered out of the gates early. I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona State won, but I don't need them to win. I just need them to be within 10.5. So give me USC winning this one 24-14. Yeah, yeah, man. ASU have that young quarterback, right, that can scramble around. Remember when he upset Michigan State up there? I do. I like the fact of him keeping them in football games. I think Herm's done a phenomenal job. I did not have that, him going back to college. He's got an all-NFL staff, it looks like, with Antonio Pierce at LBs and uh, Kevin Mawai at O-line and stuff like that. Um, if he called you right now and said, will you coach my linebackers for $500,000 a year, you'd have to say yes. No, oh, I'd be there in a second. <laughs> Wouldn't you be there in a second? I'd be you there in a second. If Herbert Meyer Valley? called me and asked me to go down to Austin, Texas, I'd think about it. He'd you yell see at me. I'd look time, damn good in burnt uh, orange and white. What are you talking you would, about? But I don't. But I don't. I don't yell at you. Urban would yell at you. I don't care. You can yell at me all you want. I think Herb's going to yell at you. I know I who I know what I am. Herm, you're going to have the time of your life with Herm. Yeah. Look, you guys have the best same time thing. Ever. I could go down 71 South to Cincinnati, and Luke would yell at me. I mean, Marcus <laughs> goes. Marcus goes away. He talks to me like we're still. He goes. I want to say to him sometimes, like, bro, I'm not. I'm not playing for you. You know, like this is. Look. ASU covers. All right. USC wins the football game, but they win it by a field goal. The world's largest cocktail party, number eight, Florida, against number five, yes, Georgia. And it. the Bulldogs are stadium. by three and a half. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nothing to see in Florida. Yep. No or pandemic Georgia. there. Yep. Yeah, or Georgia. Look, I, look with both these teams being somewhat uh, – Georgia's recruited better, okay? But with these talent levels kind of being, uh, as Ryan says, as talent equates – I tend to go with the quarterback, and I just trust Florida's guy. Trask I trust good, Trask man. more than more than yeah. the the walk on they got at Georgia. It seems like, and I just look. I'm, I I I do, I do. And so for that reason alone, I'm going with the Gators. I think this is the shift in the SEC East. 
Yeah, I, I echo that. And I, I think the one, if, they're, if you're looking for something in Kirby Smart that you would have to question, it is his incredible conservative nature when it comes to quarterbacks. So yeah. he had a football Ferrari on the bench in Justin Fields, mm-hmm. and he stayed with Jake Fromm because Jake Fromm was the known commodity. Yeah. He's playing this Stetson Bennett kid who does the ceiling is nowhere. There's no ceiling. He, he, he's so limited. We saw it yep. against Alabama. We've seen it in their other games. Meantime, yep. Florida's got Trask, and they got that tight end who's going to be a first-round pick. So give me the Gators to take care of business. Uh, I think it'll be a good game, 34-28. Houston is at number six, Cincinnati, and the Bearcats are favored by 13-and-a-half. It's a big number. It's a big number, but I also think that Luke's got a really good team, and I think the other thing he has is knowledge, and the knowledge of we're sixth in the country. If we keep beating people forty-one to fourteen, and we st- and I don't think any of his kids would have any trouble staying focused. If we keep beating people the way we've been beating people, we got a shot here at this thing. And yeah. those things only come around once in a lifetime, maybe at Cincinnati. So I think they do take care of business. I think they win at thirty-five to fourteen. Same. I'm never. Be- I'm never. I'm never betting against Luke Fickle. Again. Done with it. I'm done. I'm done with it. I'm done. So I agreed. I think that Luke Fickle and those boys go, you know, take care of business at home. And look, they've already had to postpone a game due to COVID, so they know how fragile this thing is. I don't think that they're going to overlook anybody. I think the Bearcats will win by twenty-one. Number seven, Texas A&M is a ten-point favorite at South Carolina. <sighs> I struggled with this one, Bo, because there's something it. that I want to happen with the Fighting Fickles, and then there's a belief that. A&M has dudes. And I know South Carolina has talent as well, but I think A&M's better. It, it, it scares me that they're going to be the team sitting there in the West with one loss and sneak into that number four and keep Cincinnati at, like, number five or six, right? Um, mm-hmm. I can just see it. A&M four in the college football playoff, BYU five, Cincinnati six. Um, anyway, the Aggies win. And the Aggies win by two touchdowns. All right, you tell you tell me if you can make any stinking sense of this. South Carolina lost to Tennessee by four. Okay, that makes sense. They lost yep. to Florida by fourteen. Okay, that makes sense. They beat the brakes off of Vandy, forty-one to seven. That makes sense. Then they beat Auburn, thirty to twenty-two. Then they get housed to LSU, who's not housing anybody, fifty-two to twenty-four. Right. You make sense of that. I think that the Texas A&M. Is is they know? I think Jimbo knows, and I don't think he's in an elite level of coach, but I think he's a pretty good program builder. I think they've got good talent, and I think they know the opportunity in front of them, and I do think they take advantage of that. Give me, uh, give me Texas A and M, thirty-one seventeen. Here we go, baby. This this is it. <laughs> I have been waiting for this game my entire life. This this is the one. This is number one. Clemson. How do you see it? Boat. Oh God! I. <laughs> He's like, don't make me verbally I, say what I feel about this game. Don't don't make my brain come into the equation. Is what he just said. My heart over my head. I'm taking the Irish by a point. Twenty four, twenty three. Number one, Clemson heads up to South Bend. They are a five point favorite on the road against number four Notre Dame. Fight, fight, fight for old Notre <laughs> yes. Dame. What are the odds? Be great or small? All right, look. Look, it's five. I saw that the Clemson secondary can be victimized. I saw with with my own eyes that 
that you can that you can score points on them. And I think Notre Dame plays this one close. I do. I think they'll they'll be they're prepared. They've been preparing this for a long time. I don't know if they'll win, but they don't have to. Jimmy Clemson, 35, 31. That's amazing. That's amazing because I I was thinking the exact same thing. I think Clemson wins a really good football game on a last-second field goal, and you can chalk it up to just championship pedigree, right? Finding a way to win, to steal one on the road. I'm sorry, Bodes. 34-31, the Tigers. It pains me. It pains me because I wanted. I told you I wanted to be a fighting Irish coming out. Um, Mickey Marotti said I was I was too slow. Wouldn't too be able slow. to play college football. Jeez. Can't play. He was the one that worked me out at the one day tryout my junior year. It was Mick. Too slow. Can't play at Notre yeah, Dame. No, hey, this Sorry. kid can't play. This kid can't, can't play. play. He goes, and then I saw you in the national title two years, you know, back in 06, two years later, and I was like, get out of here. This dude? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I love Notre Dame, man. It was the same yeah. colors as my high school. I was like, yes, let's go. Yeah. Play like a, a champion today. Them. You know? I, I, I would not be surprised if, if they pulled it off. Um, I, I hope so. I, I think it'd be a fun game. Looking forward to that one and bouncing back before between that one and ours. No, I'm really Speaking, glad it didn't work out. By the way, yeah, it worked out well for you. Yeah, I don't know. That, <laughs> I don't know that. Well, first of all, I mean, I, if, let's just say somehow miraculously you met Cersei out of being at Ohio State. I can't imagine her being like, yeah, I can't wait to spend the rest of my life in South Bend. <laughs> like, there's just I don't know that that's going to happen. True. I think that's, that's, that's a true. tougher sell. Although um, I am, I am surprised that she has st- wanted to stay in Ohio because that well, that was, the clock's ticking on that. Yeah, so it could it could change at any moment. It could. Let's see how she feels about it at the end of February. Then it might be. You know what? You know, a little what? more warmth, a yeah. little more sun yeah. might be a win. <laughs> All right, we'll get you set for our game up next. Our defense against the Rutgers offense. What is Therese has been studying the film on this? What does he see in our defense that he likes? What needs to be worked on over the course of the next couple of weeks and starting tomorrow against Rutgers? It's a football Friday here on the Fan. The offseason is a myth. Serving you 24 hours a day, seven days a week to feed your sports addiction. The Fan, Ohio's sports destiny. A show that knows its limitations. Still learn to control that. You're listening to Bishop and Laurenitis. Bishop and Laurenitis right here on The Fan. And let me talk to you about my friends at Affinity Whole Health. Look, if you want to know, knowledge is power, baby. If you want to know what your numbers are for... Gosh, a whole wide range of things. Cholesterol, testosterone, all of the, I mean, my goodness, where you are and all the little details of your blood work. I think it's beneficial. I try to check mine once a year at least, and I think if you go in and you know where am I at, maybe I've had a little decrease in energy. My want to isn't there. Decrease in libido. Gosh, I'm getting old. Could it be low testosterone? Well, if any whole health can check, can check it, and they can help you out. Go to feelgreatcolumbus.com and take advantage of that free doctor consult today all right you've taken a look at uh at this buckeye defense of the ruckers offense if if you were the offensive coordinator at ruckers how would you attack what would your game plan plan be against this buckeye defense oh gosh um <laughs> not easy not easy realize. at all um not easy at all it's it's going to be tough sledding there's really no way to, to kind of get around it um Screen early. Know that they're going to be coming off the ball. They're going to be flying. So how can we, how can we screen them? You know, early on and and try to get them uh, to slow down in the pass rush. I don't think it's going to help much, but I think that's what you would try to do, right? Um, that's the that's the the tough thing there is is really trying to 
how do you how do you find yards? Um, can you do some trick plays? Right? They've been putting in last year's quarterback Johnny Langan um, at at kind of this like wildcat type package, and he caught his first pass of the year against Indiana, and he's also threw kind of one bubble route. But when you have a former quarterback running that, right? Um, yeah. And he's not like a high school dude. Like the dude was starting quarterback last year. So, <laughs> you know, he, he your antenna has to go up to know, okay, they have some trick off of this, right? Um, I, that's, that's, the only, that's the only thing is tricks. There's really nobody as far as matchup. Isaiah Pacheco is nice at tailback. Um, you know, the Bo Melton on a wideout was a former four-star wide receiver. That's why he was so highly touted and, and, and a bunch of attention on him the last few years you've done games of theirs because he's one of the few four-stars on their roster, which you really get an idea. So when you prep for a game, right, You take the I take the game notes, I take the film, I take all the information, and then I usually go through the roster on the team's websites, and I go through every player that's in the 2D. And for this week for Ohio State, I went to the 40 of everybody because you just you want to respect who's going to get in the game and you want to read up on them and make a little note here or there. And what I've gathered is when you go through Rutgers' roster, it was an eye-opener if you saw a four-star. And you're like, oh, gosh, let me highlight this guy on the board. When you went through Ohio State's, it was an eye-opener if you saw a three-star. Yeah. And that's the main difference. As, you, as you've studied rosters now, as I've gone through Purdue, as I've gone through Illinois, even going through Wisconsin, you don't truly grasp the depth of Ohio State's talent until you go through and you see consensus four-star, consensus four-star, consensus top 100 player, top 100 player, top 100 player. And then you realize how many other schools around our conference don't have one top 100 player. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I okay. It. That makes sense, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, it's you it's know recruiting's it's everything. Hard, yeah, but it's but you you we take it for granted because when we see those classes, like we're thinking that like it's it's going to be tough sliding for Rutgers offense. That's the one area that they're still lagging behind. If they're going to score at all, it's going to have to be one of our mistakes, right? Fumble on a kick return, fumble by on an exchange, fumble backed up, something like that. Um, it's fourth down and four on our own forty-five, and we're trying to go for it. And it's a bad snap, and we have to just fall on it, right? It, it's Give a it short field, and so yeah. we're we're too disciplined and we're too talented to allow explosive plays uh, this season. Um, that's you know, so it's going to be tough sledding. Noah and plus Noah Vedral, uh, their quarterback, stares down his wide receivers. You know that's why he threw picks against Indiana. He's you know he predetermines where he wants to go and he stares. Now he does have the legs to make stuff happen. He was recruited by Frost at UCF and he was you know with the Frost at Nebraska. He played started two games for Nebraska last year. He he has the running ability, um, but he's not. That's not what they're going to major in. Um, the hard thing for Rutgers too is they want to go tempo. You know that's the Oklahoma mm. State theory. We want to go tempo, but when you have that talent, you don't want to tempo three and out all game long either, right? So it, it's tough. That's the hard thing is is most of these teams now do go tempo, so you can't sustain. You're not gonna be able to eat clock to sustain drives because they want to do what they are. But what yeah. they are feeds right into what we do well, which feeds right into our offense having the ball back, yeah. which feeds right into your back playing tempo. Meantime, your defense spends the whole game on the field, and it's just a vicious circle cycle that just keeps going and going and going and and no real end to it. So it's a tough. This is tough, and it, to me, like unless you have a a star quarterback and or stud receivers who can just change games on their own or or just an ability to bleed clock 
and be very effective right. in the run game. But these teams that we're playing right now just don't possess those type of things. So it's no. it's going to be no, they don't. Tough. And our defense, look, our defense is extremely strong up the middle yeah. um, between Togiai and Garrett. Um, Vincent coming back, people forget he was a five star cat coming out. Uh, we're we're so strong up the middle. I'm gonna try to have a little fun tomorrow night and kind of do a little where's Baron kind of thing, you know, and f- yeah. circle where he's at because he lines up, you know, stacked. He lines up with uh, Taraja Mitchell. He was on the kind of those two were in almost like an eagle front, a three down front with Baron on one side and and Mitchell on the other side, and one would blitz, one would drop, and so he's used as a rusher. Uh, he's used out in man coverage, and so uh, you know, kind of highlighting his versatility. Um, I think Pete Warner just plays fast. He, he plays fast. It's not always perfect, but he plays just 100 miles per hour. Um, so it's exciting. I'm excited to see more of Proctor. And who's going to step up? You know, Williamson has been has been kind of working in the slot a whole bunch. He'll be asked to do a little bit more. There's there's depth there's depth issues on the back end. Um, Sean Wade got beat, you know, by the on the two really great catches by Dotson. But then on the slant, there's a couple slants in that game too where you're kind of like, all right, you got you just got beat off the line. You know, you missed a jam on the one. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see how he, you won't really know how he rebounds, right? Because he could sleepwalk through this game, quite frankly, and and play fine. Um, but for him, you know, there's got to be a, a real urgency. You're running out of times that you could put on the scarlet and gray uniform. Uh, to go out there and make a you know a memorable play. The hard thing is that even if you make a, a get a pick six or something like that, like no one's you know it's outside of Buckeye Nation is is going to be really eyes on that. So there's stuff to improve on, but I really am confident in our defense. Yep, I I would be too. Certainly for the for the rest of the games on the on the regular season schedule. Tim May, Letterman Row, right here at the Fan will join us coming up next as he often does. Bishop and Lauren Itis right here on the Fan. The Daily Coach Ryan Day Show is brought to you locally by Credit Union of Ohio and by Hyde Park Prime Steakhouse on the fan, Ohio's sports destination. This is The Daily Show with Coach Ryan Day brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass. Your tight ends and the way they produced this past week and just when you look at them in general, is that a position group, Ryan, that just has to exercise patience and be ready for their opportunities when they occur? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, when you're the tight end, sometimes that ball doesn't always come your way, and, that, and that's hard, you know. And so we ask them to do a lot of things. And so it is great when, when they're actually able to get their hands on the ball, and we will do that some on Saturday. And we'll continue to do that as the season goes on. Okay, we'll have another comment in just a moment. The classiest show on this station, which isn't saying much. This is Bishop and Laurenitis. It is a football Friday here on the program, and on football Fridays, we chat with Tim May, our great buddy from Letterman Row, and right here at the Fan, you'll hear him tomorrow uh, on the pregame. Tim, thanks so much for taking the time on the Brian Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. All right, this is these are unique times in that you're playing a completely outmanned opponent. So from your perspective, what are the little things you'll be watching for to lead you to believe that Ohio State is progressing in a manner it should to be a team that could be Clemson and Bama in the playoff? Well, me, Paul Spahn, uh, Dave Holmes, and uh, Sean Dunnigan are playing Willow Run, which is okay. sort of like Listen, a, the Tim, Rutgers of a... You yeah. can mention Moose all you want on this show, and I encourage it. The other two, no. Okay. Anyway, uh, back to what I was saying. Our foursome is playing Willow Run, which is sort of the Rutgers of the, of the, of the golf courses around here, and I'm still having trouble because I'm not concentrating. You know what I'm saying? So that's what could get... 
That's what could get Ohio State's way tomorrow, to take anything for granted, to uh, maybe get out of character from an offensive standpoint. Uh, uh, you know, and number three, you know, we saw what happened with Michigan State. Seven turnovers, they lose to Rutgers, and then Michigan State beats Michigan. And uh, so, you know, stranger things, strange things have happened. I don't know if stranger things have happened, but strange things have happened. And uh, so that's what could get in their way. Tim, at what point, um, I guess, how would you want Ryan Day to play this? Would you like to see more of the uh, backups, the future in the second half if the game is in hand? And then what score do you consider game in hand if you are the head ball coach? Well, considering on LettermanRow.com, I picked uh, Julian Fleming to be sort of a, a breakout guy tomorrow. I would like to see them get the backup uh, uh, wide receivers in there early and just throw to Julian Fleming. But I digress. Uh, you know, I don't know. I think you always want to, as often as possible, want to try to lubricate the uh, running game. And I thought they had great, great running game last week. And, you know, the first three plays right out of the gate or right down the field uh, jet sweep and then uh two runs from master teague third and that pretty much answered the questions about the running game right so uh uh and you know they were up seven nothing and justin fields hadn't thrown a pass so you always want to get that going but but you, you know i think both of you guys know me man I, even when not in doubt still air it out because this is a this is a great passing uh offense that ohio state has has the possibility of maybe being as good as has ever been at this school from the standpoint of all the threats. And that's, that's taking a lot. I mean, Troy Smith and those guys in the mid 2000s that you played with. And then, uh, and then, uh, of course, Haskins and, and, uh, and last year. But, uh, but this, this really has the possibilities of just lighting it up. And, and plus, I think the matchups tomorrow are favorable in that regard. But I also think the matchups are very favorable in, uh, just lining up and plowing the road because, uh, they've got, in my opinion, one defensive lineman of repute, and the rest of them, uh, you know, and they're not bad. They're not bad, but I mean, I think Ohio State could dominate there. Tim, you, you, you know, you hit on something uh, with with airing it out. Justin Fields came. He doesn't need to be playing right now. He doesn't. He'd be the first, second quarterback off the board. You do the draft right now. He'd go number two overall. That's the way this thing would go. So he's playing. And if you're the coach, um, you deserve to let him play, don't you? And let him have fun. Football's fun. You want to play. That's why he came back oh, to yeah. play. There's also a Heisman conversation that's out there that he's right in the thick of it. But in the meantime, you also, where are you at backup quarterback? We saw what happened with Mertz at Wisconsin. Like, isn't that something that has to get sorted out here relatively quickly? Yes. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, but I'm I'm with you. I mean, when they were up, four, had 45 against Nebraska, I didn't understand why Justin Fields was going back in the game then. So uh, I think you get if you can get a decent lead, you get it. You get, let Justin Fields have his day in court because he deserves it, and uh, and then you go. C.J. Stroud, uh, Jack Miller, whoever that guy is, Gunnar Hoke, you get him in the game. Obviously, we saw Jack Miller go in, but as, uh, as Austin Ward pointed out, uh, there might have been a little bit of a problem with C.J. Stroud that week uh, from a strain standpoint. But uh, but you get those guys playing, man, because like you said, look at uh, look at uh, Clemson right now. They're going to Notre Dame. You saw how they struggled last week, I thought, offensively until the second half when they really got Travis Etienne going, and that's a very talented uh, uh, freshman quarterback they've got. Uh, but you've got to get those guys some playing time because in this day and age, you know, Justin Hilliard, you know, false positive, but he still didn't get to play last Saturday night, right? So that's what you've got to – you've always got to be preparing for that. Tim, I, 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 let's jump around the Big Town a little bit. What's your what's your gut feeling? And I'll, Bo put put this to me, and I think it's a, it's a great one. I'm going to give you two two games, and who needs it more? Does Nebraska need to beat Northwestern more, or does Michigan need to beat Indiana more? 
Oh, without a doubt, Michigan needs to beat Indiana more. I think if it goes the other way, uh, notice how somber I got there. If it goes the other way, it could really get bad up there. I mean, they went from like uh, having a hoot nanny after beating a, what we found out later was a sort of a uh, sort of a personnel deprived uh, Minnesota team, which then gets beat by Maryland, to last week getting outplayed on their home field by their in-state rival. There was. That, that was uninspired football. You know, well, my podcast this week, I had Kirk Herbstreit on, and we were talking about that. Just like, just like he said, it looked like Michigan treated that as they had a practice scheduled at their own facility. He said, nah, let's just take it to the stadium. <laughs> and that's kind of the way they played, you know. And uh, meanwhile, Michigan State, under Mel Tucker, was out for bear, and uh, they got it. So, yes, I think this is a this is a major moment. I think the rest of the games are major moments in the uh, Jim Harbaugh era at Michigan. Don't you guys agree? I think he's pushing the chips, Tim. Yeah. I think he knows. I, I think know. you can see it in the press conferences. I think you can see it. I mean, this is not a man attacking life with the enthusiasm unknown to mankind. He's not sleeping in tree forts. He knows. It's done. He did the best he yeah. could. It's not good enough. I, that's the way I read it. I, to me, he feels like a defeated man. When I see these press yeah. conferences, I just feel like a defeated man. Well, when you switch pants, when you switch pants, that's a harbinger. You know? <laughs> yeah, it really is. Something's up. You either try so is losing Zach Harrison, and then you decide to not recruit Ohio yeah. anymore. Yeah, but, but exactly. They're, yeah, that's exactly where they've fallen short. But, I mean, when you switch pants, you're either trying to get your own self going or get your team going. But either way, you know, uh, it just it didn't work last week. But, you know, I'm telling you what, though, Bo, this is, this is a tough year to make a uh, judgment call on any team based on one singular game, you know. And uh, of we'll course. see how – they play, but boy, Indiana, you know Indiana is feeling it right now. Uh, Absolutely, you know, and I, I want to be very clear. I don't think Michigan's going to necessarily fire him. I think he could walk. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go well, back to the NFL and say, you know, I did the best I, I could, he, yeah. I don't think he perceives himself as a quitter, so that would be no. quitting, you know, but we all know late summer, early fall, he got you got it, you know, for one of, one of another term, he got sideways with his president on play or not to play. And uh, so the heat could be coming from all kinds of burners up there. Yeah, it really could. All right, hit him straight, buddy, and at least beat Dunnigan. It's the least you can do. Yeah, I'm just trying not to have any football symptoms while I play today. I'm just keeping that in mind. <laughs> he is Tim May of Letterman Rowan right here at the fan. Appreciate you, Tim. And Tim joins on the uh, Brian Heating Cooling Systems fan guest hotline, of course. All right, three things for a Buckeye win in our predictions. As well. Actually, three things we're going to look for. We know they're going to win. Three things we'll look for in our predictions coming up next on a Football Friday. Bishop and Lauren is right here on the fan. All Buckeyes. All Buckeyes. All the time. The Buckeye Show. Weeknights at 6. Your flagship home for Ohio State Athletics. The Fan. Ohio's sports destination. Simultaneously passing the eye test, the smell test, and the ear test. Huge win. That's a big win. This is Bishop and Laurinaitis. All right, final one here on a football Friday. Time for three things we'll be looking for in the Buckeye win. Get a boat. One, two, one, two, three things with Bishop and Laurinaitis. Sponsored by Green and Sons, the premier Kubota dealership in Central Ohio. Located in Marysville and Mount Sterling. Visit greenandsons.com today. Number one for me, who's the backup? Stroud or Miller? Who goes in first? Who plays better? I worry, when you think about what could derail all of this, really the only thing to me that could is pandemic. And specifically, pandemic in respect to Justin Fields. So, 
until we have Justin Fields in one of those Pope mobiles driving around, it's something <laughs> that I worry about. Okay? So so I want to know which of these two guys, and honestly, either one would probably be fine over the course of, the, of this season, but let's keep in mind that the Big Ten ruling of out 21 days would also apply, theoretically, to a playoff. So yes. I have no interest in that. So I need these two guys, to, to one of them, to get ready to go. And I think you're going to get a chance to see some extended play from both of them, probably in the fourth quarter, hopefully, uh, on Saturday. And I'm very curious to see how Ryan Day handles it. Yeah, I know that they, they're doing everything they can to protect Justin. They've kind of hinted at that. I don't know if that means like he just meets by himself with Corey Dennis and, hey, other quarterbacks, you're can on you your imagine? own. you imagine? I don't know what happens there. But <laughs> um, Barrick Chambers, he walking around <laughs> My first thing I'll be looking for, bud, is just clean. Can we play clean? No turnovers yeah. and no mental penalties. I, I'm okay with holdings. I'm okay with pass interference. That's a physical yeah. deal. I'm not okay with false starts. Don't let's not get on a drive to where all of a sudden you're like false start, you know, once or twice in a row. And you just feel sloppy about it, right? And it looks unfocused. Take care of business that way, and and lock in and have a clean game. Yeah, I'm going to completely piggyback off of you, James. That was the exact same thing I wrote down as my first one. Just no turnovers, just play a clean game, penalties, et cetera, et cetera. It's high state could probably have five turnovers and they still blow out Rutgers, but Michigan State. While they're not as good as Ohio State, they had seven turnovers and that allowed Rutgers to beat them in uh, week one. So as long as Ohio State plays a clean game, they will get a chance to get some of that depth in there in the, into the third and fourth quarter. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, these are conference games, guys. You could repeat the three things you're doing right now next week, probably for Maryland. You'd be, have a lot of the same things. Uh, number two for me, young playmakers. Who shines? Who makes a big play? Jamison Williams, we heard about him all offseason. Be nice to see him make a big play in this game. Not in the context of win or lose, but just a flashy play, a wow play. Does Julian Fleming have his breakout moment You know, on Saturday night as well? Steel Chambers, more of him in the run game. This is for the young skill guys. This is your time to shine. I mentioned the young quarterbacks. It's your time to shine. My guess is Ryan Dale will start working them in a little bit more. You can't just have Alave and Wilson all the time. So you're going to start working those guys in, in a little bit more. I'm curious to see who really grabs you know that that playmaker beyond those guys by the throat we saw it and jigba do it in the opener with incredible play is anyone else going to enter into that fray my second thing um defensively that's how i always think of the game first um how do how does a win you know we're going to win how does a win feel just just sloppy and like you didn't get stuff done it's it's allowing explosive plays that's what it is. If you know, it's it's the sloppy. Oh, you know, someone drops coverage or someone gets beat. Like there should be no explosive plays allowed, and, and by that there should be no touchdowns because Rutgers doesn't have the skill to methodically move the ball down the field on you. So, if you want to come out of a clean game on defense, you say we didn't ex- we didn't allow an explosive play, play a twenty plus, play a thirty plus um, pop on us because we played clean. Yeah, my second thing is just going to be to continue to continue to build that depth behind Fields, especially. He's obviously clearly the most important guy, but even just across the board. I mean, just last week you saw Cam Brown go out; he tore his Achilles, and that's just one more guy that you kind of knock on wood and hope it doesn't happen. But eventually, at some point, that it is likely. I think that Ohio State may get hit by COVID. You never know. Like, there's a decent chance that one of those positions could do it. So, just continue to build that depth behind the front line, guys. All right, finally for me, and this kind of echoes, we're all kind of thinking the same things on this one, but but a phrase we use a lot on this show is act accordingly. So what does that mean? Well, what that means is is that the people who aren't watching this game are bailed on it early and are watching Clemson-Notre Dame. And when the bottom line comes across midway through the third quarter, 
have it read 49 to 7. Have it be 42 nothing at half. Because in games like this, that's what people pay the closest attention to. If the fight if you end up winning by 30 or 28 because Rucker scores points in the fourth quarter, no one's going to pay attention to that. What you're going to pay attention to is were you dominant? How do you determine your dominant by being so from Jump Street? That's the way you do it. Clemson had one of these a couple of weeks ago where Lawrence, I want to say it was against Georgia Tech, where he threw for 390 and five scores at half. Yeah. That's that's how you act accordingly in big-time college football. Do that. Yeah. I had act accordingly listed down as well. Um, and, and for that same reason, last year's game isn't going to be good enough when you look at the box scores. They scored 23 points on us last year. Um, there's no universe in which the talent, being what it is, that it should be 23 points let up. So act accordingly and, yep. and take care of business. And that that's especially, I mean, it's all three phases. You just got to be locked in. Can you focus for three hours and move on? My last thing, just let Justin Fields cook. I mean, these guys, you know, Ohio State's on a pretty ridiculous run here of quarterbacks going back to Miller, Barrett, Haskins, et cetera, et cetera. But Fields might be the best one of them all. I mean, he's going to be the highest draft pick out of all of them, certainly. And so just let him go, man. He's got, what, probably eight or nine games left, if my math is correct, is in a Buckeye uniform. So let him cook. He'll probably be sitting by the third and fourth quarter, but when he's in there, let him go. Absolutely. And, Bodie, your score for this one, a 38-point. 38-point. 56-13, high State. Threes? Yeah, I got it. Although you don't have to do it because you – yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I don't have to do it. Yeah, go on. You know what I got. 52 (laughs) 52 to 9. That does it, yeah. Um, Yeah, I think we're all kind of in the same vicinity here. I got 56-17. I hope it's forty-two nothing at half, and and you kind of cruise to, you know, they they get a couple of scores in the fourth as they start to work a little bit. But look, this is it's overwhelming, and folks, we just so you are aware, it's Maryland next week, it's Illinois after that, it's Michigan State after that. That's where we're at. <laughs> so yep. the thing that we just did will be repeated over the course of the next couple of weeks, and so it's critical that Ryan Day and his team are focused to handle their business. And I think because every game's a gift, I think they will be. Enjoy your Buckeye Saturday, everybody. Threes, good luck on the call. Not that you need it, uh, but I look forward to hearing you on the call, my friend. And, of course, Rothman and Ice are coming up next. We're back on a Monday to break it all down. Bishop and Laurinaitis right here on The Fan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.